Okay, so I decided to get on YouTube and I had noticed like it was this video of like Marcus Rogers and like I always I haven't been watching his videos a lot a lot like I excuse me like I usually watch a lot more of them haven't been watching every single one but I do watch you know the ones that I feel like definitely drawn to like I feel like I can't watch every single one of them because like it's spiritual warfare and like when I talked about before how I feel like with certain people even though they have the spirit of God not even even though they have the spirit of God because I don't want to sound like I'm going in a direction but even though I know that they're anointed and they're chosen by God and you know I can depend on them and trust them for that reason I can't put too much on them and it's not that I want to because with my situation with what I'm going through as much as God has placed on me like even I try to get out of it like I cannot put this all on you like you know you're supposed to be able to handle all this when even I couldn't handle it I had to be made to handle this like the reason why I'm even having so much responsibility or all of this is placed on me is because I have no choice like I don't have a choice so if I you know if I could get out of it I would but honestly, I cannot say that that's the truth either because the thing is, I, if I could have less responsibility, you know, and still get the same outcome that, you know, what God has for me, I would do that. But the problem with that is I have that option. Like, I have that option. I can, you know, I can go and put all of this power, all of this, you know, anointing, all of this that he's given me, I can choose lesser options. Like the the only option is not, you know, actually shooting for the stars. Like it's, I mean, well, who wouldn't want to shoot for the stars? They could. I talked about this in a previous episode. It's like when you get to a certain point, you start getting offered lesser things because people want you to opt out now because they now can see that you carry what it takes to actually make it to those levels and those heights that nobody has made it to. You would be the first person and you would be, you know, it would be groundbreaking. It would be life changing. It You you could change the world. And so once you start, when they see that you can get that, now they want to offer you this. Like, hey, this is on the table because now I believe in you because you believed in yourself enough to get to this point. But before, nobody was offering anything. Nobody cared enough. Like nobody was really putting in those offers you had to get to this point to even get those offers and now you want me to settle for something that you would give me when you didn't even see in me what I saw in myself but the problem with that is if that's what I was hoping for that's what I was hoping to get then of course I'd take your offer if that's what I was shooting for but I'm shooting for something so much bigger and so much greater and you're putting in an offer and that would be accepting lesser than what I know I'm capable of and the problem with that is you know, nothing's wrong with your offer. It's amazing. I'm sure I could, you know, move mountains. I could I could change the world with your offer alone, too. And that's why you're not offering it until now, until you see that I'm capable of more. Because you weren't offering it before. 
before now. So no, I have to I have to stay with my first mind, just like I stay with my first mind to get to this point. If I didn't even believe myself enough enough to get to this point, I wouldn't have even had to offer from you. And that's the point. And it's not even about, you know, I hate to make it seem like so you're I don't want to make it seem like, you know, I don't F you. Who, where were you when I needed you or anything like that? No, I just wanted to be like, you know, I, what I'm trying to say is like, you know, I had to only God believed in me. Let's just put it like that. It's not even me. It's God. God got me here. Only God could get me here. Only God believed in me enough that I would ever be here. And if it ever was up to you and your belief, I probably wouldn't have gotten here. Because when it you didn't believe in me. And the only reason you believe in me is because of God. God has something so much bigger and so much greater for me. Yes, he's going to support and he's going to accept me for in whatever I do. He's going to I'm anointed as long as I'm with him is even if I settle for less. As long as I'm with him, you know, he's got he got me. I know God got my back no matter what I do. He loves me. I know that he loves you. He loves us all. I know that. But what type of, you know, what does that look like? You know, God's the only person who believed in me. He got me to this point. And then I all of a sudden accept an opportunity, even if you are from or of God. I all of a sudden expect accept an opportunity that wouldn't even be made possible without him. And he's offering something for me. And I'm not going to fight for that. It took fighting for that and even in order to even have you here. But that's besides the point. That's only one. That's only a portion of the people that actually show up. Because then there's the portion of the people who are like, no, like, I want you to get what God has for you. That's Marcus Rogers. I want you to get what God has for you. I want you to shoot for the stars. I want you to be where you want to be and where you should be. You know, he is not a hater. He recognizes the anointing in people and he is genuinely good. Like he's genuinely a good person. Like I can definitely say that a lot of people I would not even speak for because when it comes down to it, it's like you look like this person, but are you really that person? I can't say I'm not saying that you aren't, but me all of a sudden assuming that you are just because everyone else says it like that's a recipe for disaster. But I've actually I actually know like God has actually shown me himself who Marcus Rogers is. He is that guy. He really is that person. He's that person that on and off the camera with or without validation, with or without support, he's going to be that person. He does this for God genuinely. And I support everything he does. Like I hundred percent support everything he does. It's very few people that they could do anything. And I would say, yeah, definitely him. Like if it's him, he validates it. You know, the people where, with certain situations, they can validate a, a sketchy situation or, you know, with certain people who just don't have it like that or you just don't know, the sketchy situation makes them seem sketchy. Like he can validate any sketchy situation because God because God validates him and he only seeks God's acceptance. So, you know, I don't want to say any sketchy situation, but yes, any sketchy situation, because when it comes to. You know, first of all, when it comes to God, when he raises somebody up, he makes them, you know, so it's like he'll play so many different things to take you down. 
but he knows you're that person anyways. So all the situations that's placed around you to take you down, he knows you're going to be that person regardless. And so therefore, people are able to see who you are in any situation. It doesn't matter what it is. And that's what I feel like it is with Marcus Rogers. Simply put, if you place him in any situation, I just feel like it doesn't matter what it looks like. Like even if Marcus Rogers was to be arrested right now on charges. And let's say they have him on camera doing it. Let's say he actually did that. And I'm really not trying to sound stupid. I'm telling you the truth. Let's say he actually did that, right? I would literally automatically off the bat be like, hold on, what's this? Because this is clearly not what it looks like. There must be some sort of, you know, explanation for this. Even if Marcus, even if Marcus Rogers came and said, no, I did that, and, uh, you know, such and such and such, there's no specific explanation for it. Now, I'm not going to automatically say this is some conspiracy theory or anything like that, but I'm going to say, you know, what is it that God wants me to see out of this? Because I know that God validates him. I know who he is, the guy. So when it comes down to it, it's like when he's to be a friend of God is to be an enemy of the world. He's okay with that. So if the world is saying this is who Marcus Rogers is and the world is doing all of this and saying all of that, I can't trust you. I can't. Tr- I wouldn't rather not trust the world. And I'd hate to sound like that person. Like you trust Marcus Rogers over the world. I trust God over the world. And he's with God. So when I know that, it's like it's so hard for me to, you know, see things like if you see what I've seen, if you've been in a situation I've been in, if you if you if you know what I know, then you know that this world can make it look like anything. Now, granted, I am wrong in a lot of situations. I'm never perfect. But after what I've seen, it's like, come on now. Like, they are able to control the police. Like, literally, I remember calling the police because of the spiritual warfare I was going through. And I didn't know what spiritual warfare at that time. I really thought that maybe, like, they were lying all the time. So I thought that it probably could have had something to do with, you know, the apartment I was staying in or the neighbors or, you know, um, some type of technology that they were using. I really was, I knew it was God, but it's like when you have random people that don't know you, you know, actually screaming at you outside your window and harassing you and antagonizing you, you know, wherever you go, it's like when you're still fighting the spirit, when it's you against everybody, I'm not going to lie in the beginning stages, like, you know, one of the options I was thinking, like, call the police. Because like what are, what can you do? You cannot fight everybody. You can't, and it's like it's almost like have you ever seen those you know shows? And I'm not trying to be funny where they, where the whole crowd is throwing tomatoes at them. That's kind of like how it feels. Except for like nobody actually put their hands on me. I did get into a fight and I got jumped, but like you know in a spirit like I'm being attacked constantly. So besides them not putting their hands on me, they did everything but. So with that being said, it's like, okay, I did think to call the police. Yes, I did. And when I called the police, they never showed up. I called them multiple times. I called them on multiple different occasions. I told them the whole story. They never showed up. And then I even got into a car accident. And when I got into a car accident, they showed up for that. 
but I couldn't even tell them that, you know, I, I, so I was actually placed in this car accident because of witchcraft. Witchcraft placed me in this car accident. Like, it's kind of weird because I can't explain it because, like, it almost feels like even when I talk about it right now, it doesn't matter. Like, it really feels like this doesn't even make a difference because, like, out of all of this, out of everything, it's like only thing, the only way I can get out of this, the only way I can really, this, any of it makes sense is when I fight in the spirit because all of this, they control. The media, they control. They've controlled my bank account. They've controlled my doctor's appointments. They're controlling my job right now. This, which is why I off, I most, I off, like I mostly don't even want to work, but I low key, I kind of have to work because like I don't have, otherwise, how do I make money? I don't have any money. They're controlling that. They're keeping me from getting any money. They're stopping me from being able to bring in any money, like to the point where it's like, if I'm not depending on somebody who they're also controlling, I'll be homeless, starving without any options. And you will say, well, why would God allow you to be in a position like that? You know what? I have many different explanations as to why, but that's the point of me coming on here and talking about this right now. Because, like, I'm not trying to slander God's name, but it really feels super unfair. It feels super super unfair, and I'm not trying to talk about it like that. I'm not trying to make it like, you know, I'm slandering his name. I don't, I don't want to make it feel like that. It's just... There's so many different confirmations that I get. Other people are getting different type of different God. Like they're not different gods. God is the same as hand today or forever. But other people are getting different, you know, reactions from him. Me, I'm held at such a, I'm held to such a standard that I'm not being shown as much grace. And I hate, I hate that I even had to say that because even in the midst of saying that, like God is like, you're being shown more grace, but it's like, I don't feel like that. I can't feel like that because, okay, I I don't want to sound like I'm hating. I don't want to sound like I'm jealous. And it's not that it's really not that because when I see other people are succeeding and exceeding in life, I'm full, I'm in full support of that. You should hear my prayers. Like, I want you to have everything God has for you. I want you to succeed so much. Like, I would never wish or pray down on anybody. I wish the best for you. So that's not the case. It's just, I see how I'm being treated. I see what I have to deal with. I see what I face. And then I wonder how, you know, how God is allowing you know, this type of behavior. Like, I wanted to say this in a previous episode, but I felt like with what I was talking about in that episode, I needed to leave, not leave that part out, but just leave that where it was because this is a whole different episode. Now I'm talking about it now. So how I feel about it, how I feel about it is like, okay, so... I don't want to say it's a double standard because that would be stupid to say that it's a double standard with God because God treats us all equally. He loves us. It doesn't make a difference, you know, but it's just like more of a with certain people 
they're shown certain grace that I'm not afforded. Like, for me, everybody hates me. I'm not saying everybody doesn't hate Marcus Rogers. I've seen the backlash he gets, and I could never, you know, understand what it's truly like to walk in his shoes. I see he gets a lot of love. That's that's from years of hard work. That's from years of, you know, you know, putting in that work with God. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's who he is. He's who he's supposed to be with God. And if I'm comparing, which I should never do, you know, I've been shown so much grace in such a short time, and he's been doing this for so long. So it's not even that it's equal. It's different. But for my situation, I just noticed that, like, everybody's allowed to hate me. Everybody's allowed to attack me. Everybody's allowed to harass and antagonize me. They can put their hands on me. They could do whatever they want to do. They could hurt me. They could do whatever they want to do to me. And I'm supposed to accept that. Like, I'm literally supposed to be, you know, calm. I'm supposed to be okay with that. I'm supposed to be happy about it. But with other people, you know, God's not allowing, like, he's giving them enough support. He's giving them enough support to get through this. I am not giving it that much grace. Now, I could easily choose a lesser option. I could easily choose a lesser option where, you know, I'm still glorifying God, but I'm just not, you know, shooting for the stars, meaning I'm just not putting in as much work as I was before, where where it's kind of like, you know, to to sum it up, like I don't have to I don't have to be that person that God can depend on for that. I don't have to be that person where like I decide, okay, well, I'll just accept a little bit more of that. You know, I'll just be a little bit more selfish then because being selfish you know, it's clearly less stressful. Like it's a lot of it's a lot less stress involved in being a little bit more selfish. And I'm sure, you know, when it comes down to it, a lot of it, a lot of the grace I'm shown, a lot of the you know, mercy that I'm shown, I probably wouldn't be afforded. Like I'm giving so much. I'm blessed. I'm very I'm I'm very much blessed because of it. But when I am not able to hold up that standard, that's almost impossible anyways. God makes everything possible, so I don't want to say impossible. But it, when I'm not able to hold up to maintain a certain standard in order to make God look good, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Like, because I'm not I'm, I'm not even a guy. I'm not even that person. Excuse me. I'm not even a person that's like, you know... God only cares about how we make him look. He does not care about how we actually feel in a situation. I'm not even that person who feels like that. I'm not even that person who does that. But what I definitely notice is that, you know, God, it does feel like that a lot of times. It definitely feels like that a lot of times. Because why? Why do they get to do all of this? Why do they get to do all of this? And the only time you care how I feel is when it makes you look bad. That's so frustrating to me. I try not to get upset about it. But that's simply what it is. Because even in the Bible, and I have to go back and find this scripture, this chapter in the scripture. But I remember in the Bible, 
there was a king, I believe. All I know is there were it was the armies who was fighting for Israel. Excuse me. It was the armies fighting for Israel. And these armies, they had disappointed God. They were disobedient to God. And he said, I'm not doing anything for you. I'm going to let you suffer. I'm leaving you where you at. But then that's when the Philistines came and said, uh, look at your God leaving where you at. And we supposed to all worship your God. Your God is the biggest, greatest God of everybody. Yeah, right. We'll take down you. We'll take down your God. And it's not nothing you're going to be able to do about it. You look stupid. Look at you. You left behind. And God is like, okay, just because they think that they can talk about me like that. That's the only reason I'm about to help y'all. Other than that, y'all would be left where y'all at. And yes, they were wrong, but it's like, why is that why you helped? I'm not even trying to be disrespectful. Why is that the reason you decided to help? When it comes down to it, is that all you care about? All you care about is what they say about you. All you care about is their opinion of you. All you care about is your pride when it comes down to other people and what they have to say about my our God, my God. But it's like, we can't do that. We can't do that. I can't ever afford to have that much pride. I can't. And I know he's God. When he does it, it's perfect. When he does it, it's right. But I'm wrong because when it comes down to me saying, no, I'm not. I don't care what you said. I don't care what you did. Like, you're not about to sit up here and talk about me like that. You're not about to sit up here and talk about this like that. Or, you know, I'm not about to, like, if I go and, you know, you know, make stuff happen only because of what somebody, somebody's opinion of me or because of what they said, I'm wrong for the pride. I'm wrong for that because that's prideful. But you can do that. You can do that. And see, this is why I didn't want to really get into this because I don't want to make it seem like, you know, I'm disrespecting God or anything or like I like I feel like anybody would look at me and say, well, what makes you think that you're on the same level of God or what makes you think you deserve as much, you know, all of that like God. So why do I deserve all of the backlash, though? So I don't deserve the same respect. I don't. And I'm not saying that I want that or need that. But I also don't want the backlash that goes with that. I'm, I, I can take all the backlash. I can take all of the consequences. I can take all of the hate. And I can take all of the, you know, being antagonized and harassed. I can take all of that. But I don't get none of the reward. You get all of the reward. I get all of the hate. That's okay. And everybody, and honestly, I not even just everybody else, but even me too. All the way up until this point, I'm like, yeah, duh. That's God. Duh. You should feel blessed to ever accept any of the consequences on behalf of God. But it's like, there's only so much somebody can take. And when it comes down to it, I feel like if I keep, if I'm, if it keeps going on in this manner, I'm just going to give up completely. I'm just going to quit. I'm just going to not care. And it might sound funny or whatever. Everybody's laughing and joking until I don't care. Until I'm done. And then it's like, I don't even want to sound like that person. Like, I don't want to sound cocky or anything. But he already told me. He can't depend on none of y'all to do it. So what's going to happen then? 
whatever happens at the, you know, because of my dropping out and nobody being able to hold you guys up at that point, you, what are you going to do? You, you're not going to have anybody to do it because nobody's going to do it. And you're, you're feeling so good because I want to do this. I want to be that person. This is what I'm built for, right? But when I say I'm done because there's no reason for it anymore, there's no, there's nothing's helping, nothing's working, nothing's, you know, I don't want to say nothing's going my way. It never had to be that. I've never been that person. I've never been the type of person where it has to go my way. Never. And I know that a lot of people would disagree with that. But if that were the case, I wouldn't even be where I am now. I'm telling you right now, because this is not my way. If it were, if things were going my way, like literally, I would have privacy. I don't even have that. If things were going my way, literally, you know, I would have to work or try so hard just to stay in a position that's supposed to be meant for me. How, why do I have to fight so hard and work so hard to stay in a position that nobody else is willing to put in the work to be in? So if I'm not in it, it's unfilled. Why do I have to work so hard to be in a position that's going to be unfilled if I'm not in it? That don't even make sense to me. So you would say, well, then stop working hard. Well, it's like, I can't deny who I am though. I can't deny myself. So if I do that, then I have to say, okay, well, I guess I just have to not be who I, who I am. I guess I just have to stop being who I am only because I need to prove a point to these people who are so selfish and so, I don't want to call them stupid, but just really, 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 you know, ignorant, really ignorant. I have to work so hard to prove that point. And then it feels like a lot of times God is on their side and he's with them, you know, treating me the way that they treat me. Like, he's okay with that. And it's like, then what's the point? Like, why try? Like, I, if we're talking about different things that I know, because at the fact, the fact of the matter is that with Marcus Rogers, I know this, but how do I say I know this about Marcus Rogers, but I don't know this other thing. Like, I don't know that God actually, you know, is taking things out on me because I won't say I'm in a relationship with him because I won't say that I'm dating God. I'm not, I'm not in, okay. I'm in a relationship with God. We're all in a relationship with God. God is to have a relationship with God. No matter of fact, I take that back. I'm not in a relationship with God. I have a relationship with God, just like all of us. So just as well as I know that Marcus Rogers is anointed by God, just as well as I know that Mac praise is anointed by God. Just as well as I know that other people have the spirit of God, like Kanye, he has sort of a spirit of God. Just as well as I know these things, just as well as I know that God wants to save him, be a young boy from the Illuminati, from selling his soul from the devil. Just as well as I know that, you know, um, Maniaya, yeah, she's born into this cult, but she's actually not that bad. She's a little bit, you know, for, she's a little bit closer to being saved and anointed and delivered of all her demons than a lot of regular people walking on the street. Why? Because she doesn't value money over real actual relationships and love. Probably a lot of people will say because she's born into it, but she believes that she would be that person regardless. She may not have that all the way right, but she's also not all the way wrong. 
How do I know these things? Okay, yes, I know this because of God. So just as well as I know that, I know that I'm being reprimanded just because I won't accept that position that a woman is supposed to accept. Like I'm not supposed, just because I'm saying, okay, no, I'm not in a relationship with God because what do I look like competing to be God's wife? Because there's a bunch of different women who is supposed to be in this competition to be God's wife. And I'm like, no. If anything, I'm just doing, not even I'm just doing my duty. But if anything, I'm just working hard to see what's, you know, to see, not even, how do I explain it? I want what's right in the world. I want us to be okay. I want, you know, love to be restored. I want to actually see world peace. This is the stuff that I want. And this is the stuff that he's promised me. But a lot of times I'm having to suffer because I won't say we're together. And you know what? Somebody might say, nah, that's not God. That's not God. And the thing about it is, excuse me, I want to believe you so much. I want to believe that's true. But if that is not the case, if this is not God, how do I know all this stuff? And you say, well, that doesn't that doesn't actually confirm anything. But there's literally been times where I'm like, you know what? Actually, it's not God. And literally somebody on my screen will say, yes, it is. That's God. Blatantly and boldly. On my TV screen, on my iPad screen, on my phone screen. And you might say, nah, that sounds like the devil. Okay, well, here's some more. Here's here's something else. Because it was so much evidence that I had daily, I couldn't hold all of it. And I didn't write all of it down because, you know, God kept telling me, why do you need so much proof? If you believe in me and you know I'm real, then having this proof or needing to write all of this stuff down is like corny. That's what it is. It's corny. Do you trust me or not? And it's not that I needed to prove anything because that's still having to prove somebody, prove something. Like, I have to prove that I trust you. No. But it's just that, you know, like, I was just like, okay, well, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter anyways because when it comes down to it, whoever I would show, he, you know, is being used as well. So, the thing about it is, like, in this situation, okay, so with Tila Tequila. So even though Tila Tequila started, you know, lashing out on black women because she found out that God is black, Jesus is black, and black women are, you know, black people are the true Hebrew Israelites, the holy nation, and that we are to inherit, you know, God's promise. We are the people God, well, we're God's chosen people, and every other nation follows after that, which means she would never truly be on the level that she wants to see herself at. That's the facts. That's what it really is. Even though I know that's why she did that, I still can't deny everything she said was true and directly from God. How was he able to slander us to other races, though? How was he able to slander black women, drag us through the mud, through other races and talk about all the stuff you put us through, everything you're punishing us for? You're able to slander us to them, but then you run back to us and you sit up here and say, but they'll never be on your level. Is that not playing both sides? If I do that, I'm wrong. 
if I ran over to the devil and said, you know what, devil, you right. God really is prideful. And you know what? A lot of times he does a lot of stuff. He says it's not okay for other people to do. And it's, the, and it's not always right, but he's, but he's supposed to be always right and perfect. Right. But then if I ran back over to God and said, God, no, you're right. You always perfect and you always right. And we're always wrong. And how can we ever tell you what's right? Because we don't really even know what's right. That's playing both sides. But I'd be wrong for that because God says you cannot worship two gods. You can only choose one, which is the reason why I have to suffer and my money has to be played with here on this earth. I can't choose nothing here in this world or I'm going to have less favor. But God's allowed to play both sides with different races and different women. I've seen white women that he's not telling the whole story. He lets them think he's white. He's black. And the reason why he lets them think that he's white is because if they know he's black, they won't worship him the same. But I'm wrong. If I ever, I can't even wear makeup because that's supposed to be witchcraft because I'm luring men in under false pretenses of looking a way I don't look. But he can show himself up as white to people just to get people to worship him a certain way. But I'm sure there's somebody somewhere who's like, you know, that's God. He's right. You're wrong. And, you know, you clearly can't see the bigger picture, which you're probably right. But God also sees it from where I can see it at. And he doesn't bother to help me understand that better. Now, is, am, is he obligated to tell me everything? No. But he's so wrong on so many different levels. So wrong. And the fact of the matter is, it's like, okay, no, he's not. He's always right. So that just must mean I need to be brought to understanding. There's something I don't understand. There's something I'm not seeing. There's something I'm not getting. But this doesn't make sense. Like, why my whole life I was able to, I I, I saw you as white, right? And I'm going to explain this. So, my whole life, I thought Jesus was white and it never stopped me from worshiping Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. It never stopped me from loving him as I was supposed to. But when I found out he was black, the veil was removed from my heart and from my mind. And I started to fight and battle in the spirit in, in such a way that I've never had to fight like this in my entire life. And God told me, yes, because you haven't had to see this side of me. So you're upset with me for something I've never known. No, no, I take that back. That's not even the case. The fact of the matter is that's why he showed me. Because I needed to know that in order for him to be upset going forward after I've known. But regardless of anything, he's not doing anything to these people who he's allowing to think he's still white. Now, that would be that would mean that, you know. Well, when you still thought he was white, does that mean that you deserve the consequences of knowing that he's black even when you don't? No, but also I still don't have a clear answer on this question. Why did you show up as white this time and then black that time? Why are you letting certain people believe that you're white and then certain people believe that you're black? And when I debate that 
you being black and you showing up as black has changed and shown it has changed my faith in you has shown me something I've never shown known before has has created such a faith in me that has that's being you know so powerful it's life-changing it's it's it changed your perspective. It changed everything. Pretty much what I'm trying to say. And I hate, I hate that it sounds like, okay, which one are you trying to say? Are you upset or not? But it's like at the at this point, this is what I'm trying to say. This is what I'm trying to say. So me finding out that you're black, that Jesus is black. Jesus, not just God. God is black. But me finding out that Jesus is black. He's not this white, Western, you know, portrayal that we have been seeing since children, since we were born, right? Me finding out that he's black has changed my entire religion and the way I worship him. It's changed everything, right? But each and but ever since I found that out, when I argue that that makes the difference in your faith, knowing that I'm wrong because I'm creating a division that he doesn't want to, he doesn't want. He wants unity. But how, how is that like... It's not even that, how is that my fault? It's not my fault. But it's like, how am I supposed to preach about unity when the division is the disconnect and what he, what he genuinely looks like and who he truly was? That's the disconnect. So one thing I also want to make, make sure, make, you know, 100% make sense is that, you know, when I was fighting in the spirit and I found out that God was black and chains broke off of my heart and my mind and my entire religion was changed forever can't go back when this happened there was a small I'm talking about probably like four or five people who actually was white and mad about that that was actually mad that Jesus was black everybody else was ready Everybody else was ready. And when I say ready, I mean they was ready to know that. Other than that, you know, people weren't mad about the fact that he was black. They were just mad because they choose Satan. That's the facts. More people was mad that he's Jesus. They weren't that he's the son of God, that he's real. Not even that he's real, but that his way, his revelations are actually manifesting in the flesh. More people are mad about that. Black, white, yellow, orange, red, purple, green, whatever. I, it doesn't matter. Any race on this earth, all of them together, grouped up together, it wasn't about race. Like I said, it was about four or five people who were actually mad that he was black. Everyone else... It doesn't matter if they were black or if they were white. They were fighting me the same. You know what's so crazy? There were so many black people who were sitting there trying to fight me. When I was trying to wake them up and take the veils off of their hearts and their minds, they were fighting me for that. And the funny part about it is they're the ones who's going, who's the chosen people. They're the ones who's been given this promise. There's the, they're the ones who's going to, who's going to be, you know, appointed. As head of the nations, they just don't want to come out of their sin. That's what they're mad about. They're not mad that Jesus is black. So that's the fact of the matter. The fact of the matter is it shouldn't even matter that I'm preaching that. So the reason why they don't want me to preach that Jesus is black is because it wakes us up. 
It's not because Jesus is black and the color matters. It's because it wakes us up and it shows us who we are, who we really, truly are. Right. So it sounds like, okay, you're on the right side. You're on Jesus' side, such and such and such. So why do I face so much backlash? Why do I have to go through so much when I'm fighting for what's right? And I'm not saying it's white people. So that's what I don't lie. I notice that they're, they're, the devil does this. He's, he's, he's pushing this narrative that I have something against white people. It's only white people. It's black people. Our own people. My own people. Who don't want to see this happen? Because they don't want to come out of their sin. This is sad. I've never seen anything like it. Burning in hell. The majority of all people. Burning in hell. The same hell is not going to be segregated. The same hell. Because they don't want to come out of their sin. And the reason why they're fighting me is because Jesus is actually on his way. No, he's here. And I know this. But I have to sit up here and suffer. I don't know. I guess the way I see it is like, well, since it's not my fault. Not even since it's not my fault. I don't want to say that. But since this is such a global thing and everybody has so much time to attack the messenger everybody has so much i don't want to say attack the messenger i'm more than a messenger everybody has so much time to attack me because of this but in the meantime i'm not able to make progress because i'm not perfect then why not not let them attack me then Can they stop attacking me until I can make some progress? Or can you somehow help me so that I can make progress so that all of this, you know, them attacking me is made worth it? I'm not understanding this. In the midst of everything, I'm still being attacked and I'm still being stabbed in the back and I'm still being fought. I'm still being hurt. I'm still being beat down 24-7. But I'm not able to make progress. What is the point of me being beat down then? What is the point? It's sad to me. Because it's like, then once I don't exist, then what happens? What happens when I'm done? What happens when I can't fight anymore? What happens when I give up? What happens? Because this whole time, I've tried my hardest to not give up. And this whole time, I'm fighting everybody. Scratch that, not everybody. But like so many people, and it feels like alone. So I talked about this vision I had with uh, Denzel. And how Denzel came to me and I was back in some type of hood and a spirit and it just was reflective to me of hell. I was back in hell. I was running around hell and I was like, oh, hey, you know, with my peoples or whatever. They're not even really my peoples, but just some familiar faces. They are my peoples, but it's like, what am I supposed to be happy about having friends in hell? Like, anyways, you know, I'm running around with people. And, like, everybody's happy I'm back. Everybody's, these are the same people who are fighting me, ready to kill me and stop at nothing when I was on my way out. So they can't be my friends. 
So I'm back with them and somehow I'm happy to be around them. Don't make sense. Denzel shows up and he's like, you know, he's giving me tough love. He's like, why are you back here? What are you doing? Okay, so you did the same thing that happened to you before where we put all these, well, not we put all these demons on you, where all these demons were placed on you and, you know, you had to fight fight your way out of the spirit when you were in the worst hell in order to see that this is not where you want to be, in order to see where you need to be going, in order to see what you're destined for. And when I talked about this, I realized, like, you know, I met Denzel before. The last time I seen him, he told me the same thing, except for it was right before everything happened. It was right before I was placed in a worse hell. It was right before all these demons was on me. It was right before I was fighting so much in the spirit in order to get out, right? So I know he's he means business. He's serious. I know that. But the problem about the problem with that is I don't understand why it's so hard for me. Why is it so hard for me that when it comes to other people, they're sh- like, it's, an, it's slap on the wrist. Go ahead. You know, I'm hearing all these different people's testimonies, right? And they've done worse things. They're, they, they have, they literally, they are so much worse than me. And I'm not saying that that's an excuse, but they are, compl- they are horrible. Horrible, horrible people. They know that they're worse than me. God knows that they're worse than me. And they all teamed up to attack me and make me look worse than everybody else because they knew that I was the least worse out of all of them. This is the situation, right? Okay, so God sees that. God knows that. Why is it still so hard for me? Is that fair? And I didn't say Dizzo was wrong, not one second. He was right about everything that he said. But what I'm saying is, in the midst of everything that he said, I'm trying my hardest and it doesn't count for nothing. It doesn't count for nothing. I see when, I see if I just wasn't trying. I see if I was just like everybody else. Where I was just like, I don't care. Because when it comes down to it, that's really what it is. I care and they don't. So I have to take the responsibility for all of them. Literally, the demon that's on me is on me because they put this demon on me because I have the ability to take all the demons off of them. So I have the biggest, meanest, nastiest demon on me that nobody's even able, supposed to be able to take off of them. And then I have to fight all of them that's fighting to keep this demon on me, fighting me at the same time. Then I'm fighting the world that they have lied to in order to get them to all fight me. And in the process of everything, God is letting it happen. Now, like I said, I will not lie. God has been showing so much, showing me so much grace and showing me so much mercy that he's helping me out of impossible situations. In this situation, I'm never supposed to make it. I'm supposed to be dead. So at, at that, with that being said, that means he's doing so much more. He's doing so much in my life already. But it's just the simple fact that I know, I know that he could do more. And while I'm at it, let me let me mention 
that, you know, Denzel Washington, he came out and he made a statement about Marcus Rogers, right? He said something about Marcus Rogers and he said that, you know, Marcus Rogers is anointed. Yes, I'm so great. I'm so happy for Marcus Rogers. Marcus Rogers is definitely anointed and everything. But, you know, why? Is it a man thing? Is it a man thing? Because when he comes to me, you know, all I get is, you're wrong. This is what you're supposed to be doing. Not you're wrong, but, you know, I feel like I get disrespected. But when it comes to Marcus Rogers, it's all, you know, God has really anointed you. You're, you know, you're great. You're doing great. You know? And it's like, he is doing great. Not a lie was told. He is great. He is anointed. All of that is true. But meanwhile, you know, I don't even get acknowledgement. I don't even get acknowledgement. Now, I kind of see how that's hard. He's Denzel Washington. If he shows up on cameras like, you know, such and such, and he mentions my name, everybody's going to pretend like they don't know it because it's not in the media. And everybody's going to be like, what are you talking about? Why don't I get acknowledgement? That's what I'm saying. Like, now I don't, I don't want to be upset about that because the thing about it is that's, that's hypocritical. The reason why that's hypocritical is because I could have acknowledgement if I wanted it. If I wanted to, you know, be the type of person who's, you know, in front of the world and accepting acknowledgement and super famous for my works with God, then that I had that option. I said I didn't need that because what I want to do, it doesn't, I don't require that. That's not going to make a difference because they all know me, but they don't want me to have acknowledgement. So I can't go, no, I can't go nowhere in the world. I can't do nothing in this world without everybody knowing who I am, but I receive so much backlash and you, and this is the thing. So many people have their opinions. So many people aren't wrong. So many people know, think they know what's going on in my life and what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. And the whole time, you know, and I can't say that about Denzel because with Denzel, it feels like he knows what he, he knows what he's talking about. He does. But the problem, the problem with that situation is like. Nobody in my in my position, nobody if ever placed in my shoes would be able to walk a mile in them. Nobody. Now, when I say no to specifically place it on Denzel, like if I do, I feel like Denzel could do what I'm doing. I don't know. I really don't know. Only because I feel like he's doing something else that's super hard as well. We all have our own challenges and we all have our own battles. Same way I feel about Marcus Rogers. But the problem with this whole situation is that, you know, I guess I just feel like I'm not receiving the acknowledgement that I deserve. And it's not even about acknowledge. Yes, it is. It's about acknowledgement. I'm not receiving the acknowledgement. I'm not receiving the, you know, appreciation that I deserve. And at that point... It's not what the what's the point. I don't do it for acknowledgement or appreciation. I do it because I love it. 
but I have to receive everything else but the acknowledgement and the appreciation. That's frustrating. So I'll just keep fighting. I'll just keep falling into, and I'll just keep fighting and fighting and fighting. And whatever happens, whatever comes of it, and however it works out, whatever. You know, but I'm realizing that it feels like, you know, wow, like, it feels like I got all the way to this point just for Satan to be right. I got all the way to this point just for everybody who's on the wrong side, who's fighting me, who's fighting God, who's fighting what I'm trying to do in God's kingdom to be right. No. That's not that's not ever going to happen like that, right? Unless it does. Now, funny thing, I remember I I fell asleep. Yes, I wasn't supposed to be asleep. I was supposed to be worshiping all night, but come on now, who's doing that? Who's doing that? And I'm not saying that, you know, you're not, you're, you're, I'm not saying that I, just because nobody else is doing that, that I'm supposed to be doing that. What I'm saying is I, it didn't matter when I was doing that. I had to stop because I literally, I couldn't go on. I couldn't go on. I'm sure it's a lot of people with a different, a lot of different opinions, but I want you to get on your knees. I want you to do exactly what I was doing and I want you to never get up. Then tell me what to do. Other than that, regardless of anything, one night I fell asleep. And in the midst of my dream, well, in the dream I had, I, t- I spoke about this in a previous episode, I quoted that scripture. He who's without sin cast the first stone. Jesus showed up and he said, he said, he pointed me to another scripture in the Bible. I believe it might've been Deuteronomy, but I don't remember. I mean, I remember, but I can't really put my finger on it. He pointed me to the scripture. I found it. And it said, he who knows, well, excuse me, when somebody is trying, I'm just, I'm not going to put, I'm going to, I'm not going to quote it. I'm not going to quote it. I'm just going to rephrase it. I'm just going to paraphrase. He said, when somebody is trying to be better and do better and grow in Christ and move forward, and you cause them to step back or stumble, knowing what they're supposed to be doing, you're going to be guilty of the whole law. You're going to be suffering. He's going to throw the whole book at you, pretty much. That's what Jesus said. And when I saw it, I said, huh, thank you. Because all I needed, I'm not, I don't do this because I'm deliberately trying to be wrong. All I wanted was some reference. All I wanted was some correction. All I wanted was some discipline. All I wanted was some better understanding. That's it. 
I don't do this because I'm honorary. I don't do this because I'm trying to rebel against God. I just want to understand better. That's it. When I pick up that Bible, I have every intention of knowing that Bible, how it's supposed to be known. I don't pick up that Bible with intentions of twisting or perverting God's word in any way. I don't pick up that Bible with the intention of actually just rebelling against God. I don't pick up that Bible with the intention of starting to revolt against him. Because if that were the case, everybody else doing it. It's not that hard. That's a fact. All of these people who want me to be against God, I could have been took that choice. I could have been took that opportunity. I could have been took that chance. And guess what? That's why I've suffered so much. This is why I'm fighting so hard. I'm fighting so hard because I'm being made the example of somebody who, when you you actually want to find a way to fight God and be against him, or I'm being used as an example because, excuse me, maybe I have the ability to, maybe I have the power to, maybe I actually have the capacity to actually start a revolt against God, but that's never my intention. So if God knows everything, how we don't know that? Now, I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk in the next episode about a few things. I'm going to talk about this vision. I'm going to talk about what I feel like I'm being punished for. And I'm going to talk about how it feels like I'm picked out of the crowd to be punished for that. When... There's people who's deliberately doing that in your face. There's people who are in God's face like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. I'm turning people against you. I don't like you. I hate you. I hate your word. I hate what you're teaching. I feel like you're wrong. What makes you perfect? You're not perfect. There's people who's deliberately doing that right in God's face, right? But they're not being reprimanded. But when I pick up the Bible and I say, I just want a better understanding of God. I just, the things that I don't agree with, I just want to know what it is that I need to understand to be brought to a better understanding. I just, it's not that, you know, I want to just be against him. It's not that I want to disagree with him. I just want to be made to understand the things I don't agree with. Because I do trust that he's God. I know I'm smart enough to understand that he has a better understanding of this whole world than we do. Can I get a little bit of that understanding so that I can be brought to understanding so that I can do your work correctly so that if I trust it and I believe it, then I can move forward knowing better. That's all I want. But instead I get, you're going to suffer because it seems like to me, you're looking for a reason to prove that I'm not God. You're looking for a reason to prove that I'm wrong. And I'm going to take it out on you and make you an example to everybody who's ever done that. Why do I have to be the example to everybody who's ever done that? When you're God, you can do everything. Make them in their own example. But you're not doing anything to them. Now, I know God works in mysterious ways. I see that with me, he's using me as an example to be brought to a better understanding while correcting everyone else in the process. But why does it have to be everybody watches me suffer and somehow I suffer for everybody? I don't want that. 
Because if you don't want me on your side, if you don't want me fighting for you, if you don't want me believing in your word or reading it, just say that. I'll find something else to do. And I know that sounds crazy because this whole entire time I'm like, what else would I possibly do? But you know what? Why would you fight to be somewhere that you're not wanted? It doesn't matter even if it's God. If you're not wanted, you're not wanted. Okay, so I was, I feel like I noticed that every single time I get on here to talk about these visions, like I noticed that like I keep hearing like they keep trying to make you keep going off topic and keep dragging it out so you don't talk about what it is you can't talk about. They're really trying to destroy and affect every little thing that you do. But that right there already is a telltale sign. Like if they have to destroy or affect or try and hinder or delay every single thing that I do, then that must mean that what they're what what I'm mostly doing or the, the biggest thing and the most major thing that's going on, they cannot stop or hinder. But I already knew that. Regardless of anything, I want to talk about this vision. So in this vision, I was in this home with this woman who had a baby. And she was trying to do better. She was trying to turn away from her sins. She was trying to move forward and stop smoking and stop drinking and stop partying and start saving money and start doing what she's supposed to do for God and with God. And she was like turning her life over to God and trying to do better. So I was too, except for I was backsliding a lot where I wanted to go smoke and I wanted to go drink, even in even though in the flesh. When I woke up, I wasn't smoking and I wasn't drinking and I wasn't looking to smoke or drink. But for some reason in this vision, my soul, my my spirit man was smoking and drinking still and wanting to go back and smoke and drink. And this, this happens a lot in my visions where in my visions, I'm still doing the things that I was doing, you know, less than a year ago. But, you know with but in the flesh I haven't done those things for you know almost a year and I don't wake up and go do them and I don't go to sleep doing them but in a vision that's what I'm still doing and it's like it takes a while for I guess your spirit to catch up or maybe this is a trick of the devil to keep to try and trick you back into that make you think that you're not making progress anyways but all I know is in the in the in the um in the vision, I had gotten this message that you have been doing that for so many years that it still takes a little while for it to catch up to you that you're not doing that anymore. Just give it time. And in your visions, you'll actually start to become and manifest into the person that you are in the flesh where you're not doing that anymore. Like for some reason, it feels like God has to be sure that you're not turning back. But God already knows everything. So I don't believe that. But anyways, I was like, I want to smoke and I want to drink. And I was being very manipulative to this girl because I knew that she smoked and drank too, but she wasn't trying to smoke and drink. And I didn't have money to smoke and drink. And I was just like, okay, you know, I wish I had money to smoke and drink. I don't. So I guess I'm not going to. But she was like, you know, I, I'm not, I don't smoke. I'm trying not to smoke and drink either. And I do want to smoke and drink and I got some money, but I don't think I should use this money because... You know, this money I've been saving up, I'm trying to save up so I can, like, you know, buy this house for me and my kids. And I was just like, you know, um, 
okay, you're right. We're not going to. I'm like, no, you're right. You shouldn't use that money. But then I just decide to myself, I'm not going to lie in my heart. I was like, nah, like, you shouldn't have brought up that money because now we're about to use that money to go smoke and drink. I know because you already said you want to smoke and drink. I want to smoke and drink. And then you just told me you got money. But even though you just told me that you shouldn't use it, and I'm saying, and I'm, I'm fighting my inner conscience because I'm telling myself, like, you know, I should she shouldn't use that money like she said she needs it but then again at the same time I'm telling myself man I really want to smoke and drink and she's the only one with some money and I wouldn't take it from her and I feel bad if I even you know encourage her to do that but like if she decide on her own but in a way but still I was already kind of in a way like telling myself I'm going to get her to decide that on her own so what I did was I was just like you know you know, how important it is it really that you save your money? Because, you know, when I think about it, I'm like, how much is it that you got saved? She's like, oh, it's really not even that much. It's really just a little bit. And I'm like, that's not even worth spending. Honestly, I'm not even going to lie. You might as well keep saving it. But then that's when, you know, I was like, I think I said something like, um, but you said you want to smoke and drink too, though, right? So it's like, you know, I don't know. I don't remember specifically what I said. All I know is that, you know, I pretty much, you know, she's like, you're right. I might as well go to, go get it. And then she went and got her money. So when she went and got her money, that's when my brother was there. And he is holding like a baby, her baby. I think this was his girlfriend. And then like, he was just like, you know, um... No, don't spend the money. Save your money. Remember, you saving for a house. Don't go get money to smoke and drink because, like, let's not smoke and drink. Let's we. I thought we all supposed to be on this journey, you know, trying to grow in God and trying to do better. And so that's when I was like, you know, you're right. We is or whatever, but like, um, why are you trying to control how she spent her money, like? If she wants to go smoke and drink, you can't judge her for wanting to use her money to smoke and drink. That's her choice. Like, let he who's without sin and cast the first stone. Who are you to, you know, make her feel wrong about wanting to go smoke and drink with her money? You know, I pretty much was like, don't make her don't make her feel guilty or make her feel bad. Like, she's wrong for slipping back into her sin. When in reality, you know, we all wrong, really. Like, we just trying. As long as we trying, at least she's trying at all. And so that's when, like, I realized I was wrong because in reality, the whole time, I'm just, the only reason I'm even saying this is because I want her to get the money to go, you know, so we can go smoke and drink. But in reality, though, it's like, still at the same time, it became more more about, you know, to me, it wasn't even all about that. To me, like, in a way, it was almost about being right. But not even only about being right because I knew I was wrong. It was just about, like, I feel like it it started to become this, this, this debate or this battle about, you know, I'm the one who is the most further along in this situation. We're getting closer to God. So if anybody, you know, should be saying or doing that, that it should be me. And I'm not even, I don't have a problem with it. And I knew I was wrong because I only don't have a problem with it because I want to smoke and drink. I was wrong as ever, but 
like and it wasn't that I felt like I was better than them or nothing it's just that at the end of time I did not care about nothing but smoking or drinking and I'm not gonna lie because the whole time it was this debate that is like I really don't care you know like I really do want to be better and I do I want to move forward it's just that it feels like it's not like it doesn't matter any anyways like as much as I'm doing as hard as I'm fighting everything that I'm doing to try and be better and do better and it seems like I'm barely getting anywhere after all this I'm sacrificing after all this work I'm doing it just felt like you know but I knew the areas I need to work on and that's probably what got me the fur the most further ahead so that's when you know um the Lord is like you know uh, he shows up after I said, let he who's without sin cast the first stone. Even Jesus said that. He shows up and he's like, get the Bible. And I pull up the Bible and he's like, look up such and such. And I could just tell from his demeanor, his face expression, that it was like, you know, more like, I really don't like people like you. Because you trying to act so righteous, but you using my words. You using my words, my my scripture in order to benefit from sin. And I swear this is like the this is what like it seemed like it really just bothers him when people do that. Cause I knew that I was wrong, but I'm sitting up here trying to use scripture like don't judge her in order to get her to do something that, you know, I know God would not want us to do. So I pull up the scripture and when I read it. Because I I feel like in even in the vision I was challenging um my brother, like, do you know a better scripture than that? And I even challenged him, like, you know, ch- you know, back that up, debate with me, um, whether you're right after what I've said. And that's really like one of the very few scriptures I even knew at the time because I was fighting so hard to read the Bible and know the Bible, but I couldn't never like really like quote it specifically even though I knew what it was saying I knew certain things I could refer back to that was one of the only scriptures that I could actually specifically quote word for word so um I go I pick up the bible and I he tells me to turn to you know a scripture and I believe it was Deuteronomy but even to this day I haven't been able to find this specific scripture because immediately when I woke up, the witch who's been attacking me snatched it from me. She snatched the scripture from me because she knew that I was going to try and find it. And I don't believe that it's Deuteronomy because when I read it, when he pointed it to me in the Bible, it was a chapter in the Bible that's not in every regular version of the Bible. I believe it's in the Apocrypha. Or it's in one of these Bibles that, you know, is not the one that we all refer to, like the Holy Bible. It's like a, um, because there's so much, there's so many words of God written in so many different books. Like, you know, there's the old Hebrew text, there's the Holy Bible, then there's the Apocrypha I'm learning about. And then it's just so much more I need to know. And I've been telling myself, I really want to learn all of them and read all of them. But like this part of the Bible, I had never seen in a regular Bible. This chapter I had never seen in a regular Bible. But for a split second, I had a little bit of Jesus's knowledge and he knew Every single word his father has ever written, that's in the Bible. So he pointed me to um, this scripture, this chapter in his verse. And when I looked it up, I found that it said, 
you know, when somebody is trying to come out of their sin and do better and grow in Christ or just grow closer to the Lord and, you know, you know, when they're trying to come out of their sin, if you, you know, convince them or trick them or make them stumble back into their sin, you are going to be guilty of the whole law. Pretty much is like the way it's the way it was said is like you are going to suffer, you know, uh, such an such a like just a bigger, a way worse hell. Like like you're going to be you want to suffer so much more than ever. And that's pretty much what it said. And once I read that, I was like, oh, I was like, hmm, because I really felt like. I was happy. Not even that I was happy because when he said it, I was like, oh, like, oh, okay. Like, bust my bubble. Like, really did burst my bubble and really did, like, show me something I had. I had no, I really didn't have no idea really about. Not that I didn't have no really idea about, but that, you know, I knew I was wrong. And when he said that, it was like, you know, I was judged in that second. In that moment, I was judged. But, um... After he showed me that, like, I was just like, hmm, okay, like, I want more. Like, I really want more. Like, okay, like, why don't you always do this? Like, can you sit here and study the Bible with me? Can you help me understand the whole Bible better? And can you help me? Like, I wanted to grow. I didn't, you know, I didn't take that that correction and say, how dare you correct me now? I hate you. No, I took that correction. I was like, yes, yes, yes. I'm thirsting for knowledge. This is what I want. I, please like give me more. And immediately once he noticed that that was my, cause he was so mad. You should have felt his, you should have felt like Jesus's whole demeanor. His demeanor was like, he was angry when he did that. He wanted to, he, I felt like he wanted to choke me. But once that was my reaction, because the Bible even says that, you know, um, someone who, excuse me, don't quote me, I'm paraphrasing, but it's like a fool rebukes correction. Only a fool, only a fool rebukes correction. So if I would have taken that scripture and was like, I don't got to listen to you or who are you to tell me anything, then I would have been a fool. But because I was like, I love that I know this, I love that, you know, where's more, I want to know more, this is all I want is to know the Bible more, and I was just so glad that, you know, it was straight out of scripture, and it was real, like, anytime that happens, anytime I'm getting direct knowledge from the Bible, anytime I'm getting direct knowledge from God, anytime I'm actually being helped to understand the Bible better, that's what I want, I just want to understand the Bible better I just want to learn the Bible better I just want to study buddy for the Bible that's it like let's learn together that's all I want to do I really want to be better I'm not just faking this I'm not just saying you know I want to learn the Bible so that I can go out and point people other people seeing out no like I want to read the Bible and let the Bible make me better that's what I want this is not a game for me and if I never had to you know, if I never was ever in a position to ever tell anybody else about their wrong ever again, as long as mine is being corrected, I'm 100% okay with that. But I I feel like whoever this was, you know, this witch, this spirit, this person, whoever it was outside of the Lord who 
they had a wrong idea about me, period. Like, I guess maybe they thought to themselves, like, you know, either they're used to the type of person who fakes the Bible and fakes the relationship with God or fakes actually want to know God or whatever and pretends like they're so for God just to go back into their scene and do whatever it is they doing behind the scenes. Like, either they're used to that or either, you know, they felt like I'm just a hypocrite. They feel like I'm just wrong. Like, whatever it is, they did not, you know, see me for who I was. They had the wrong idea, clearly. But once I, you know, embraced that knowledge, their whole demeanor just changed. And the whole demeanor just kind of, like, switched over to, like, um, immediately, like, okay, you know. Like, they calmed completely down and they wasn't so ready to hurt me. Like, they really just jumped to ready be, being ready to hurt me. And I feel like that right there, I don't know if that's really Jesus. Because when I look back on it, Jesus is calm. He's slow to anger and slow to wrath. So, you know, when you think about it, honestly, maybe it could be Jesus. Maybe he was being patient. And that was, t- that, that was the, you know, finally he had shown his frustration. But the way that he, you know whoever it was immediately calmed down I don't feel like that would have been Jesus because Jesus he wouldn't even got that mad to begin with if he knew that he was going to immediately calm down based off of my reaction even though he's merciful and he's gracious then that means that he probably would have just held his anger held off from his anger but I don't know it just felt like this it couldn't have been Jesus because Jesus would have known but um all I know is once I wake up from this vision, I felt like this spirit just kind of like break through the whole vision and break through the delusion of the visions. Like this was this strong darkness and delusion and suffocating spirit all around me that was placing this illusion. You know, when I woke up from the vision, I felt this presence and this presence was more like more powerful than whatever spirit or delusion that was around me and on me in that moment. And this presence, I feel like, was whoever it was who's really, like, more powerful than most people or most things that's going on in this situation and in the flesh. Like, they have been, like, I feel like for everybody else that was around, they more like the um, associates or the, you know the border, the blocks, I don't know what to call it, but they like the people right before you get to the real thing or the real thing or the the real deal, the real person. And he don't usually show up a lot personally. Jesus is not like that though. So that's what I don't know. And then um, another thing I noticed is that, you know, immediately when I woke up, he was like, he looked at me. He was looking at me. I could feel it. He was looking at me. And then I was just like, the way I was looking was like, um, yeah. So, but not even like that, but just like, you know, yeah, that did just happen. I'm sitting here thinking like, huh, I really just want to know the Bible better. That's all I really want to know is the Bible better. I just want to know God better. And Immediately, he was just like, I looked at him and I noticed he was there. I'm like, 
so you is here so if somebody really is here and i'm kind of like looking at him and then he's looking at me and he's like um what did he say he said oh it was a feeling that's what it was when i woke up from my dream i felt this strong feeling of real interest like i'm really into you and i really like you like i'm in love with you like i like it was like this feeling but it also was this look like there was side eyeing me like like yeah i'm in love with you but i don't i don't trust you like i don't know about you all the way because you know i kind of don't like people like you like like or like like you judging me like but you don't even really know me like that but that just gave you a better outlook on who I am. So you kind of, you know, suspect on how you should feel. It feels like a setup to you. And I know it's a setup, but you still don't trust me. But it don't matter because I don't need you to trust me. Only because I feel like, you know, the reason why I say I don't need you to trust me is because after everything I just been through and after everybody I'm fighting and everything I'm going through, who t- who's to tell you I even want you? How you know I even want you? Like, after everything all said and done, you find out who I really am. What if I tell you I don't like you because it took you so long to see it? And what if you say you don't care? Cool. What if I don't either? And that's just how I see it. But it's like, I feel like they placed me in this situation so that I won't have no choice but to accept this person help because this person the only one who can get me out of it. And this, I think, is the most frustrating part about it because it feels like, you know... I should already be off limits to any demonic entity to be able to even lay hands on me because I'm with Jesus. And the only reason I'm even attacked, the only reason I'm even in this situation, the only reason I'm even, you know, in this place where I'm being attacked like this is because of Jesus. And every nobody wants to admit that, but like everybody hates me. Everybody's so jealous. Everybody's so jealous. Like, do you know when they say jealousy could kill? Like, jealousy is a drug. Like, it's sick. It's really sick what I'm going through because of jealousy. But like, the least thing on my mind is whether somebody like me or not. In this situation, like, don't nobody like me because they jealous of me. And for some reason, you show up with the ability to help and you don't want to because you don't know how to feel about me. And you don't know if you trust me all the way and you side eyeing me like whether I'm really who I say I am. It might be a setup or I might be faking or pretending. And the whole time, like, you wouldn't help nobody anyways. How do I know I like who you are? But at the same time, I don't I wouldn't automatically expect somebody to help everybody in this position. But it just it's so much to say. And to be quite honest, I feel like I'm gonna go ahead and finish what happened first before I finish how I felt about it and everything I feel like I need to say about it. But in this situation, all I know is, you know, the person was I felt this feeling like of in love with me. This person definitely felt like they was in love. I feel like they definitely was in love with me. Definitely felt this feeling like, I love you. Like, oh my gosh, I am so in love with you. Like, I really, really, really do love you. And then, how can you be so in love with somebody but still hate them? I won't say hate them. I take that back. But just 
still like looking at them like the way that the person is looking at me like I'm so in love with you but they also looking at me like you know how dare you how dare you make me fall in love with you I don't know how to explain it. That's what it seemed like. It seemed like they upset with me for being the person they're in love with. Like, that's my fault. But I don't know how to explain it. All I know is, you know, when I woke up and felt that, I looked at the person like, yeah, like, you're in love with me. But it's not even like I'm trying to brag, like, duh. But at the same time, I'm not supposed to know who I am and what I got, like, and it's not even a fact that I'm just feeling like I'm big or nothing. It's just the fact that you, ha- like, everybody has this obsession with humbling me. Why do everybody got this obsession with trying to humble me or humbling me? So it's like, like, you're all mad and jealous that I am who I am. And clearly all mad and jealous that he's chosen me. And I don't even care about that. But I got to suffer anyways. So if you want to know... The real about how it feel, F how you feel, like you going to be mad and you going to do whatever it is that you're doing. And, you know, I'm going to do me regardless. And when it come down to it, like, I guess you feel big because you're in a position to do that. But when the shoe on the other foot, you know, I, I feel like you already suffering. The shoe ain't even got to be on the other foot. You suffering anyways because it's me. But, you know, I guess that don't really even matter for real because it's like they still in a position to do whatever it is that they doing because, you know, I'm subjected to this. Like, I don't know how or why I'm in this position where I got to suffer because somebody in love with me. But that's just what it is. And everybody mad about it. Like, have you ever had everybody want to fight you at once? Because they all jealous. That's what it is. So, you know, this person, like, this person definitely got the mentality or the attitude or the personality where they feeling like, you know, I definitely don't want nobody who is like, all of y'all jealous of me and why is y'all all mad at me because such and such and such and such. But I'm just sitting here thinking, like, why should I care? Like, I'm really not trying to be that person. I'm super humble, but you should know that. And I'm supposed to all of a sudden, you know, be so, I don't know, be so weak and just fall. I'm supposed to just fall and crumble because you showed up with your attitude as if nobody else's attitude but yours matter. Who do you think you is? Like, you got to be God because that's the only way this makes sense. To have this much influence and to be able to do so much, it don't make sense to me. But part of me feel like if this not God, then it's all part of God's plan. But regardless of anything, like, I just don't see how God would allow me to be subjected to so much. When, you know, even though I'm wrong, I'm not perfect, like, I'm not I'm really not that, like, like this is all, it's not because of me and what I've done wrong. It's not because of my wrong. It's because of my right. That's what it is. It's about my right. It's not about my wrong. And that's what's so funny. That's what's so funny about it. But, um, all I know is, you know, 
everybody's like, this is a great position to be in and you should be happy and this is good. And I think that's kind of what pisses this person off more and makes this person kind of take it all on me more. Because this is how everybody is, how everybody acts. But I don't. And they want, they're drawn to that, but want to make sure I never do. I don't know. I don't know if that's even it. It's more like they, I think they so mad that everybody acts like that. Then when I show up not really being that, they wonder whether it's a setup or not. If it's even could be real. But um, it still feel like it's more to it. Like that might not even be it. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is, you know, the person they was looking at me like with a side eye, like, mm-hmm, like, but I don't know. Like, I don't know if I should trust you, but I am in love with you. I definitely am in love with you. And then I remember, like, being like. I thought to myself, like, so you, like, for you to show up in this manner, for you to show up with all this power and in the position that you're showing up in, like, you could have been did this. You been was in a position to do this. And you kind of just sit by and let, let all this happen to me. You kind of, you kind of just sit by and let me be hurt. You kind of just sit by and let me be trampled over. You kind of just sit by and let me be attack like this you don't care you don't even bother to step in even though you know a lot of it is probably because of you and that right there made me almost want to be like you know why should you matter who are you like at that point it almost made me feel like you know at this point like you you probably don't want to choose me I'm gonna keep it 100 with you you probably don't want to choose me because you doing all this and you got an obsession with humbling me. And I don't want it to be like, as soon as you feel like you good and you in a clear, I'm dipping. I promise you. I'm like, I'm not planning on breaking nobody's heart. But what I'm saying is, you feel like you want to do this until you feel comfortable. And as soon as you feel comfortable, I'm not. Because you only care about yourself. I don't know if that's true, but all I know is like it feel like, you know, it's not even no point in you falling in love with me. It's not even no point in you ultimately choosing me. Because by the time you do, what's going to happen is I'm going to decide I don't want you after everything it took. And you must already, you must already could see that kind of happening anyways. So it seemed like it's pointless. But um, all I know is... The person looking at me and I'm thinking like you have the you ha- you in a position to stop all this if you able to do all that then you in a position and the person is just like mm-hmm yep I'm in love with you yep and I might help you I might like emphasis on the might was like I might help you and the way it sounded to me it felt like you know dang like you could really be that in love with somebody and still not care. Wow, that's scary. But at the same time, it's like, do I blame you with everybody around me acting like this? Like, how can I really blame you? Like, if I were you, if you any amount of, I don't even know, to I guess it's a defense to protect yourself. 
It's only only option you got to protect yourself. But it don't really feel like that. It feel like you don't need protecting. It feel like you're doing a pretty good job of that on your own. It just feel like you really don't care. You really don't care. Or maybe you do. I don't know how to explain it. But all I know is my opinion somehow is not supposed to matter. Okay, I'm in love with you, but shut up. Okay, I'm in love with you, but we don't care about that opinion. Okay, I'm in love with you, but um, you suffer, so? Like, hmm. Nah, that ain't who I asked God for. So, I don't know about all of that, but um, now, after this, you can pretty much tell. I'm doubting whether that was ever even Jesus. That couldn't have been Jesus. But maybe it was. Maybe. Because to me, the only person who would ever be able and in a position to do something like that is Jesus. And that's just what it is. But you never know what's possible in this world, especially after all that I've seen. Like, after being, understanding they able to control the police. After understanding they able to read my thoughts. They can hear my thoughts. After understanding that they're able to pretty much dig into my memories. They're able to surf through my memories. They're able to somehow control my body. To a certain extent. And they're able to, you know put demons on me so that it's very little in this world I can do without them being able to monitor it. They're able to do all of that, you know, even with me praying every day, even with me praying to God, you know, and being who I am to God, they're still able to do all of this. So that make me lightweight feel like, you know, it's a lot of questions there. Like, for one, you know, there's a question of, you know, is God really the almighty power? That's the biggest question. Of course he is. God is Alpha and Omega, and even they know it. But they also must know that, you know, it's a lot to come with that. Yes, God is Alpha and Omega, but that don't mean he's going to stop me from putting hands on you when I feel like it. I feel like they know that. Because since you're not perfect and since you sin, that means there's portals and doors open in your life that I can maneuver in. There's legal ways I'm able to touch you. I'm able to put hands on you. And that right there is enough for me that makes me feel like, you know, I don't know how to feel about that. Because even being who I am to God, like I'm a demon hunter. And... Like, I am already have enough power. I have a lot of, I don't want to say enough power. I have a lot of power in the spirit. And they still able to turn my life upside down in this way. So why would God give you the opportunity to even do anything in my life, you know? Or be able to touch me in any kind of way. And that just made me feel like maybe this is for God to show me what I've always been questioning. Is it possible to fight God? Is it possible to fight him? 
like all these all this stuff in this world i always to myself told myself that only god is able to able to, he is in full control of everything and only god is able to make this stuff possible you know this whole time my whole life i've been saying it and this maybe this is an answer to my questions and god always answer all questions whether you ask him directly or not god he's so perfect that he gonna get that off your chest where I feel like maybe God is answering my question. Like, you you know what? Just because you wanted to know, I'm not going to let you find out in the way that would have hurt you. Like, if you would have went off and tried to do this yourself, what would have happened is you would have gotten yourself into a situation that you weren't going to be able to get out of. You would have gotten yourself in a situation that, you know, you would have been hurt. You would have been suffering so much more than even now. So I'm going to let you find out in a way where you on the right side and you see everything. You see what they able to do. You see what they able to control, even with all that power. And you, excuse me. And you able to see the consequences of all that so that you don't actually have to suffer the consequences. And you get to see all that they able to do. So I feel like this is definitely that. Because when I look back on it, I see that, you know, they're able to control the police. They're able to control anything in this world, really. If not everything in this world. Like, they could throw you in a, a crazy house, put a ticket on you saying you was crazy, and they could even make you crazy. And nobody will ever know the truth about it. They can kill your whole family. Nobody would ever find out about it or question it. Everybody could know about it. Ain't nothing they can do about it. They can, um, they can control your body. They can just put a demon in you. Put a demon in your body. Then you walking around doing whatever they want you to do as they slave without free will. They able to pretty much do whatever they want. And the only protection you have is Jesus. But, you know, when it comes down to it, is if you want Jesus' protection, you're just going to have to let it happen. It ain't nothing you can do about it besides pray. And Jesus is going to do what he can, but all the way up until a certain extent, if you're not doing what's required, they're still able to touch you, put hands on you. So, what I learned is that, you know, I learned that they got my whole family. And my whole family then pretty much agreed to going along with this. I feel like my family didn't know what they was worth. Because when it come down to it, you know, they settled. I ain't going to say settled. They accepted whatever power, whatever it is that they was offered. And they could have had more. But if you ask them, they good with what they got. And I guess that's what it's all about 
but I realized like no power is greater or bigger than God though. Because in everything that they did and everything that they doing and all the power that they have or think that they have, when it came down to it, they needed God's power to get out of it. Only God can save them from Satan. And Satan really don't care. Whew. Like, if that was God, and God was looking at me like, I might help you, maybe, on some, you know, even after all you've doing and are doing, even after all you've done and are doing, and even after who you are to me, I might still send you to hell. You might still go. And if you think that, you know, you stand out of hell because of, you know, I'm because I'm in love with you or because somehow you feel like I'm obligated to save you because you repented, you asked for forgiveness, you must be crazy. I don't care who you is. You can still go to hell for what you've done. So if that's really God, that's harsh. But he ain't harsher than Satan, who whom I've met last year, that sat up there and laughed in my face. And not only did he laugh in my face, he also laughed in the face of the people who chose him. So Jesus might help me, but Satan definitely not helping you. So with Jesus, you gotta you you gotta maybe. You know, with Jesus, you got a chance. With Satan, you ain't got one. I mean, and even the power you think you got, he's he's also using that against you. Like, what I noticed with Satan is, Satan gave certain family members of mine a look, some power to torture me and torment me and tear my life apart to pieces. And almost drive me crazy and nearly cure me and, and you know, and try their best to kill me. And the whole time laughing my face about it. And you know what he did to them? Everything that they was doing to me and then some. And while they laughed in my face, he laughed in theirs. And you know how he laughed at them? He laughed at them like, ah, ha, 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 you so stupid. You sold your soul to me in order to do that. And now I'm doing this so much more to you. And then everything that they sold, they sold to not have to experience. He made them experience and laughed in their face about it. They sold they soul to Satan in order to mock me, laugh at me, tear my life apart, and have power over me. And then he allowed me to know that they still didn't get none of that. They didn't want me to know. They would do anything for me not to know. And he told them, he told me right in their face. And then laughed in their face about it. And then told me everything that he was doing to them. And then laughed in their face about it while they cried. And then he told them to suck it up and shut up. So, if Jesus is talking about I might help you and I still might get sent to Satan, that's still better than how Satan was acting. Because after he told me what was happening, see, I couldn't really 
Like I didn't hear it in words. Like I didn't I heard it, but I didn't hear it in an audible voice like how I'm talking to you right now. How I heard it was I just knew what he said. And I know I was hearing him. It was crazy because he sat dead in my face and said, he killed Meek Mill. He said, Meek Mill is dead. He said, I killed Meek Mill a long time ago. And that song, Save Me, he was in the studio that day. Locked in a prison cell in a studio. He can't go nowhere. Not nowhere, you know, but that studio to make that song. And he knew I was about to kill him. He was crying out to his fans in real life. Asking them to save him for real. Knowing he was about to really die, be chopped up. And the whole time everybody listening to this song... Thinking to themselves, oh, it's just music. It's just entertainment. He don't really mean it. And he meant every word. He really was asking us to save him for real. And he thought that after he sold his soul to the devil, that he was going to be able to use the influence that the devil gave him to save him. He's like, won't you, you know, the devil's so grimy. He told him to cry out to the people and see if they help him. And then while everybody listened to the song, he sat there and laughed at Meek Mill's face while Meek Mill cried out at his last chance at life. And we as fans, we sat there watching, listening, talking about, oh my gosh, I like this song. This song go hard. And we all listening to this song and don't even realize he literally was asking for help, crying out for help. Like... And I talked to Meek Mill after that, and Meek Mill was in hell being tortured. And you know what he said? He said, I said, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry this happened to you. I'm so sorry that everybody who, you know, you sought validation for it, sat there and watched you die and had no clue. We don't even know this music that we're listening to and the stuff that they're saying is real. We don't even know that. And the ones who do know that, you know, you're not doing nothing about it. And if you're not doing nothing about it because you don't care, it will be you when you end up in hell for listening to it. So keep living it up. But the whole time, you know, he was sitting there suffering and tortured in hell. And he said to me, Meat Mill said to me from hell, he said, you know, it's what it is because I know what I did. I sold my soul to the devil. And the way that he said it, you don't, you have to understand. I sat there crying. I sat there crying, like tears running down my face as I prayed and, and read the Bible. And I sat there crying, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened to you. Because Satan sat there laughing in my whole face, talking about, I killed him. And then I put, I chopped him up. Then I stuffed his body on a pole. And I put demons in his body. And now every single concert you see him in, that's just a demon inside of a body that's stuffed onto a pole. And I looked at the video and he looked like he was just, you know, propped up like a mannequin. And the devil said, that's because I stuffed him on a pole. He literally stuffed poles and metal 
for his arms and for his legs. And he took his chopped up limbs, shoved it on a pole, and then put a demon in his body and operating it like a puppet. And we sitting up here thinking that's the real Meek Mill. Do you know how sick that is? And that's and I said one day I said, God, what would Satan really do that? And my family cried out and said, Yes. You don't know Satan. No, I don't. I'm glad. Well, I don't know about all that. You know, you gotta know him in order to be able to escape him, but you have no idea. Like my family said, yes, he will, he's really capable. He'll really do something like that. And that's what he said he was going to do to my brother. And we all, as a people, we walk around and we think that can't be me. That's not going to be me. That's not going to happen nowhere close to home. That's not going to happen to my family. Or that we, or even if you're not worried about them, you thinking hell gonna be a walk in the park. Man, nothing that we listen to that's not glorifying God is worth it because each and every single last second of every song that you listen to, every time you listen to it, you're gonna be tortured in hell for. Like, Satan is literally in hell torturing people for the amount of sesame seeds on a hamburger bun that they ate. Imagine eating thousands of those, you know, a year. Literally. And he's torturing you for each and every single sesame seed on every bun in hell. That's how sick he is. And we here just gliding on by. Every day, every second of every day, we making mistakes and we not repenting for them. We not asking forgiveness. We not seeking God. And Satan is like, just add it to the list. They'll see about it when they get here. And then we sit here and we mock and we laugh at God. We laugh in God's face. When he actually offer us opportunities out, we say, what is that? Please. When I could just do whatever I want, why, do, why would I ever listen to you? Like, I don't know why you even came and talked to me. No. What makes you think I'm going to sit up here and accept all of this, have to go through all this in order to be good to you? When I can do whatever I want and I don't have to be good to you. Man, you have no idea. You have no idea that um he's being gracious. So anytime anybody come and say, Here, take this penny for that dollar. And you look at them and you look at them in their face and you say, you must have lost your whole entire mind if you ever think I'm about to accept a penny for a dollar. But you know, they ain't crazy. Maybe you should reconsider why they ever was bold enough to ask you something like that, knowing they ain't crazy. 
They not doing that for no reason. They know exactly what they doing. And you sitting here walking away like, what? Like, that don't even make no sense. We, I must be living in Twilight Zone. Somebody just offered me a penny for a dollar. And you know the worth of each. Because what you don't understand is that penny might be anointed and that do- that dollar might be cursed. Would you rather have a cursed dollar or anointed penny? Because I'm going to tell you something, that dollar ain't worth nothing. It's actually negative. You negative a million dollars with that cursed dollar. And with that penny, even though it's just a penny, it's anointed. At least you ain't negative money. But, um... I don't know, you know, excuse me, I don't know if that was Jesus, I don't know if that was Jesus who said, I might help you, but I, I got a good, I got a good feeling, a good idea that it, it, it was, that was most likely Jesus because the reason why I think so is because even though Jesus is like, I might help you. And I'm sitting up here thinking, like, you might help me. Who do you think you is to maybe offer me some help? When I can definitely just not try. I could definitely just not choose you. I could definitely... Go on the opposite side and fight against you. I can definitely do that, but you're you might help me. Why would I not just go against you then if that's the type of treatment I get for even trying at all? This don't make no sense. It don't make sense for me to sit up here fighting hard, being condemned, being oppressed, being harassed, antagonized, and hurt to try and be better for you. For you to say, you might help me. Meaning, I might just leave you in that for the rest of your life. And what are you going to do about it? Are you going to go over there with them? If you are, then I said what I said. And I'm telling you, like, it's not no way. Of ever being able to explain this situation because when you like lately, the different visions that I get, I realize that like Jesus is showing me where I'm at and what I'm doing and what's wrong. Yes, He is. He's showing me how to get myself out of it, He's showing me what I can do, and it seems so simple just do it, right. But when you actions position, you trying so hard to get it done. And everybody's fighting you, fighting you, fighting you, fighting you when you want to be better. But nobody's in your way to for when you want to be worse. It's so easy to go do wrong. It's so easy to slip back into sin it's so easy to not try but when you try oh my gosh it's the last thing on earth that's possible nobody has no idea 
what that is like. And especially when it's it's so easy to just be selfish and people just be, oh my gosh, like people just don't get it that that's an option for you, but you just not choosing it. That's what's so frustrating. What's so frustrating is that everybody's sitting up here comfortable looking at you like, what else you going to do when it's so many other things you could be doing? But they sitting right there talking about what else you going to do. Not because they don't see all the other things that you could be doing, but because they see the potential and you actually accomplishing that. But because they don't want to see you actually win. But because they are afraid of your potential, they're afraid of who you'll be, they are jealous and they're scared. They're so scared. What it looks like when you end up on that side, when you end up on that end, when you finally win. And that's all fine and dandy. You know, what are they supposed to do? I mean, they never did assume the position that they did because they was happy about it. What it really feel like to me is like, out of everything, then I might as well just not even try. I might as well just not even try. I might as well just, well, if I'm going to hell anyways, I might go to hell, right? Or I might not try. And I know it sounds dumb because in reality, I just said, if he's saying might anything, if he's offering you anything, it sounds like it's a lot less than what you could be doing. You might want to take it because it's a lot better than what you will be experiencing what you will be going through and what you will be facing by the time you get to hell. Because like I said, Jesus said he might help you and Satan said the opposite. He said he definitely not. As a matter of fact, he taking so much joy in all the suffering you're going to experience. Why, did, why would he ever help you? He's the reason why you not get no help. He the reason why you suffering. Why would he ever help you? He love to see you suffer. You sound stupid. That's his job. That's what Satan said. Now, it sound bad. Like, Jesus is supposed to definitely help you, but he said he might. What kind of person am I? Out of all the people who he's definitely offering help to, I'm the might. But with Satan... Satan is like, I will definitely torture you. I will definitely make you suffer. Matter of fact, I will definitely kill you over here. And definitely enjoy it the whole time. And you will definitely know you never get none of this. But you sitting up here debating about a might. At least you got a chance. Because I'm telling you, you don't want it over here. And the way Satan operate, I'm telling you, he like a million tortures ago, you got the point. A million whatever, place the number here, a million such and such amount of torture and torment ago, you learned your lesson. He's still going. He's overboard. He don't care. 
When I saw the torture, I said, that's way, way a million, trillion, billion times what was needed to get the point across and even past getting the point across to make them suffer even a million times more than what they deserve. That's a million times, trillion times, billion times past even that. And Satan is like, yeah, and it could be worse. Like, you have no idea what God is keeping you from. You really don't. And you have no idea how many people on Satan's side have said, you blessed to be even where you at. You need to be thankful. I am thankful. But a lot of times, it's so very hard to accept that I'm a might for God. You know, another thing that I was told, I'm going to go through a few things I didn't want to talk about. I wasn't even going to say because I don't want to acknowledge that, you know, this is true. So, I remember when I was eating, when I was supposed to be fasting, and Satan started counting the, I believe it was grapes. He started counting each and every grape. Then he started counting, I believe, I don't remember what what number it was, but he was counting something and everything that I pick up picked up to eat. Because he said each and every single last Peace portion, second, that's on a microwave. Everything that you're using, that you are eating, I'm going to use it for your torture when you get to hell. He's adding that to the list. Another thing. As I picked up my podcast to tell, you know, to talk about these experiences from God. God revealed to me that, you know, there's scripture that says that, I think it said, um, slander, slander or something. It wasn't even about slander. It was about oh, idle talking, idle talking, I believe. I don't know. But all I know was about the podcast and pretty much God said that this podcast and every single time I'm talking on it and every single person that it reach, every single view that it gets, everything pertaining to it is going to be a part of my torture in hell when I go. Now, I'm sure it's probably a lot of different people who are like, well, you're dumb. Because why are you still on it? Well, the only problem with that is one thing I also noticed is that, you know, Satan said a lot of things last year that he wasn't able to fall through on. It doesn't mean I'm challenging what he is capable of. He fell through on a few things. Like, for example, he told me he was going to crash my car in three months. He was able to do that. He told me that... um.
Oh, he also told me he was going to ruin my credit. It's a few things that he actually told me about. He was able to do that a little bit. Uh, Satan said that he was going to... Oh, he said he was going to get me jumped. He did that. Um... It's, it's a few things. Like, the reason why I can't really pinpoint them all right now is because it's a daily thing. Satan promises me things all day, every day. When I wake up, from the moment I wake up to the second I go to sleep. And, oh, he took, he, oh, Satan promised me the whole year. This is one thing. Oh, this is a big thing. He promised me the whole year he was going to whoop my butt. He said that he was going to kick my butt, that he was going to win, and that I was going to lose. And when it came down to it on December 30, he got his butt kicked. So that's one thing he wasn't able to make good on his promise about. See, Satan is a liar, though. Which is why you cannot really believe everything he says. Satan's going to say a bunch of different things all day. And if you sat there all day believing everything Satan said, you'd be living in fear. And that's what he wants. He just wants the fear to go along with it. He just wants you to be scared to get up and do things. Because as long as you're scared, he's feeding off of that fear. It doesn't mean he's capable of anything. Actually, he could be capable of nothing. Out of all the things Satan promised me, every single day he said he was going to kill me. I'm still alive. So he said I'd be dead by now. I'm still alive. You know, out of everything that Satan said he was going to do, all of that stuff he's not been able to do, I cannot focus on what he was able actually to do, which is like, if, I, if I'm talking about a percentage, literally 3% out of 100. Like, he ain't really doing much. But God, God is doing so much and he ain't talking at all. Like, if you look in Revelation, if you look in the book of Revelation, the Bible says Satan was given a mouth to speak blasphemous things. Like, black people talk about all the time. They always say, you got that mouth. You in that mouth. You know, it's your mouth that gets you into things. And guess what? Satan was given a what? A mouth. God said that. That's in the Bible. Look it up. So all Satan do all day is talk, 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 talk. You should be, it's so funny how God even talk about it. When you encounter God, God is like, gosh, he never stopped talking. All he do is talk. Because he was given a mouth. Yeah, God gave him that. Yeah, he in control of everything. Don't ever think that Satan able to talk as much stuff as he able to talk. And somehow God is letting that fly. God gave him that mouth. It's everything is in the Bible, all of it. Excuse me. So anybody who all they do is talk, anybody who all they do is they got so much to say, all they ever do is talk mess and talk trash and they so blasphemous and they always talk about what they gon' do. They always talk about what they did and what they capable of. And they always talking nasty. They're of their father, Satan, who was giving them off. 
And all I ever get do is, is, is all I ever hear is everybody talking. I'm talking about 24-7. They don't never shut up. Never. Last year was worse. Last year, like, I couldn't go a millisecond of any day without hearing a million different opinions. Now, I'm just, I've got to distance me from them so that I only hear it if I'm trying to listen. They so mad about that. They get so excited whenever I'm trying to hear them. Like I'm a celebrity or something. Because I'm one of the only people who can actually block them out. And don't actually have to hear them all day. They stuck in that. Because of who they chose. I'm telling you, it's crazy. But another thing is, I should be able to be able to block them out. I should be able to be able to separate myself from them. I should be able to not have to hear them. Why? Because I'm not one of them. The reason why they so comfortable where they at, because they all get along. They all comfortable being hateful, malicious, conniving, and nefarious all day. I can't stand that. It's torture to me. Because I'm the one who they torturing with that. So I'm able to be separated from them because I'm not of them. I'm not of this world. I'm not like them. If I got if I fit right in with them, if all I did was think about nasty, evil stuff, my heart only conjured up evil thoughts all day, I would be right with them, getting along and fitting right in. But anytime I'm around them, I'm the one they all attack because we don't have nothing in common. Nothing. And they hate me for it. But one thing I notice about God, he don't make mistakes. He do everything for a reason, whether you appreciate it or not. I mean, at one point, at some point, you're going to have to appreciate it. But God, everything that he does is intentional. 100% intentional, even though I noticed that lately... In this situation, you know, that I never even wanted to be in. I have been losing power. I have been sinking. I have been, you know, receiving less. I have been appreciated less and respected less in a situation I ain't even supposed to be in. And I hate that I sound like that kind of person who needs anything because I know that that's the devil's intention and that was their intention the whole time. Their whole their whole intention the whole time was to find somebody who would never, ever want to be in this position, never, ever want to be in this situation. Make them dependent on it and then take it away from them to drive them crazy, to make them desperate, and to make them willing to do anything to get their position back. This is how they're controlling everyone around me. And each and every single last one of them hates me. 
because I'm the focal point right now. I remember somebody told me, you the new girl. It's okay. You just new. It's about me being new to this so-called cult or whatever it is. And all I know is I was so, I was so just, um, heartbroken because I felt like new. I don't want to be new. I don't want to be in this at all. I'm not new to God. So how am I new to this? Why am I in something I don't even want to be in? How can I ever be pulled into something without my consent? How come it takes free will to choose God, but it doesn't take, but they violate free will in order to pull me into something like this? I thought free will exists. I choose not to be in this. I choose God. This is against my free will. That's not wrong. And and then, you know, I also have heard that, you know, I forget what I was going to say. But all I know is that, you know, I was told I was new. I was told trouble don't last always. And and then I was told that, you know, there's a lot of ways to get out of this. In order to get out of this, I would have to leave everything, everything that I have right now, leave it all, leave it all behind, walk off and trust God. But literally, I was asked to go outside butt naked without no clothes and walk off in the cold butt naked out into this world by myself knowing I'm a target and if that never would have worked or if that never would have helped or changed anything I know I'm supposed to trust God but if that never would have helped or changed anything how would I look out in the street butt naked no clothes, no phone, no nothing, no ID. And if something happens to me, they won't even be able to identify my body. That's what I'm saying. And this is like, I know that God told me, forget everything I think I know and to trust him and all this other stuff. And I know that if that's the case, then God won't let nothing happen to me. But if that's the case, then why is that necessary? If I trust God, then that means I trust that I don't have to do that in order for God to move in my life. When does trusting God, like how come trusting God is only on certain terms? Like the only way for me to trust God is to walk outside butt naked without nothing and end up probably hurt. And if in at the at the least or at the most, at the at the most in somebody's ditch dead. At the least, humiliated. But somehow, me staying where I'm at, not having to, I've got to see, I don't want to have to give up anything. I don't care about this stuff. But I'm not trying to be out stranded in the middle of nowhere, but naked with no options. What am I going to do? Run off into the woods? And then what if something happens to me? And it's not even about what ifs. If I was living off what ifs, then I guess 
I would be, what's the point? But it's just like, at the end of the day, this is such a sick and unfair world. Like, I can't, I can't fathom. I just don't get it. I don't get it because I could do that. I could, you know, walk away without nothing. I could take everything and go, right? I even got told that, you know, I could just get rid of the phone, get rid of the iPad, get rid of the phones I have and anything that I did not come with and just take what I came with and go and I'd be okay. I was even told I could do that. But in the midst of them telling me that, they told me that in the midst of a breakthrough. The devil is a liar. And one thing I noticed is that even though it doesn't feel like it's rewarding right now, if I had taken whatever it is that they've been telling me this for two years now, if I had just left and ran and taken whatever it is that I have had or whatever it is that they was telling me to take and just go, you know, if that be the case, yeah, I would have, you know, experienced a lot less stress. I would have, you know, been free by now. I wouldn't have to worry about them. I wouldn't have to deal with them. And I would be free of this entire situation and I would be okay. Absolutely. That's amazing. That's all right. Right. But I can do that anyways. You want to know how I know I can do that? Because if I leave right now with whatever it is I feel like taking, not just what you told me I can take, whatever I leave, if I leave right now and I go wherever I go and I start praying to God and I start worshiping God and I start inflaming you with the Holy Spirit and I start calling down holy fire onto any satanic altar, you'll be screaming a different song. You'll be singing a different song. And I know you know that because you told me you were going to kick my butt and you got your butt kicked. So we know that you're a liar. Not only that, I remember. I do remember. um, 2019. 2019. I moved here and then I moved back home for a month. Because I couldn't stand what I had to experience here. All I was doing was being antagonized, irritated, and was stru- it was such a strong, just demonic entity and presence placed on me that was watching me, monitoring me, and deliberately and, and like enthusiastically trying to destroy my entire life. Like, really, like, you should have felt this spirit. This spirit followed me around in the spirit realm. And every single little thing that I did, they tried to, like, they needed all of this evidence. They needed to roll up and, and um, excuse me, they needed to, like, um, gather all of this evidence against me in order to make me look bad. And I don't know why they needed to do this if they didn't need this type of information in order to start attacking me to begin with. Why do they need this information to make me look bad? Oh, because they need to get everybody else on board. But then I come to find out that 
in reality, after they get all of this information that's supposed to get everybody else on board, we find out that you don't even really need a reason for people to start antagonizing and hating somebody. I guess that's just the backup plan for when anybody who has some sense comes and asks, why are you doing this? But in reality, we find out that people don't really have a moral responsibility anyways. So with or without that, all you had to do was tell them that you was on trash. And they was going to be like, okay, I feel like being on trash today. I feel like taking out my struggles or my problems or my issues on somebody today. Why not be you? What you need a, What do you need an excuse for? You might as well go tell them what you're up to. They're going to agree with you anyways. They don't have no more responsibility. They don't care. That's called self-hatred. I don't understand why you needed to gather so much evidence. You wasted your time. You might as well went and told everybody what you was doing. Because they're going to do it anyway. That's what I found out. I found out that it didn't even matter if they know the truth. Once they, once, Just because they feel like it, they're going to do it. Whatever reason you came up with. That was just something, I guess, to make them feel better about themselves. But when it came down to it, even when they found out the truth, even when they know the truth, even when they know what it really is, they like, well, I'm already in it. And I'm already doing all this and I already did all that. Whatever, I might as well keep on doing it. Who needs logic? And... That's what I'm realizing that, you know, I think that might be what God sent me here for. That must, excuse me, that must be what God using me for. Because when it come down to it, I realize like, They don't care. I really realize they do not care. They do whatever it is that they feel like doing when they feel like doing it. And they don't need an excuse. Like after what I've seen. You know, why why have an excuse? Like with or without the excuse, they're still the same person. And the the what I realized, what God really showed me though, the funny thing about it was God. What God really showed me out of everything, is that you know, with or without an excuse, would you do somebody like that? Do you even need an excuse to do somebody like that? Could any excuse make you do somebody like that? No. So what makes you think that you know that's a reason they had to gather all this information for that reason? You don't need an excuse to do somebody like that, and you don't need an excuse not to. So all these excuses, all that is mess anyways. They who that is regardless. Don't sit up here and try and, you know, even relieve them of any of their responsibility by saying, well, maybe it's because of this or maybe it's because of that. But in reality, you would have never done that either way, would you? So why should they be held to a different standard? Under no under no circumstance ever would I ever participate in anything of this nature. I don't give a F what they did. You could tell me they murdered somebody, but you think I'm about to sit around wasting my time sitting outside that murderer's window calling them a murderer? You're crazy. 
that's a waste of my time. I'd rather just, you know, get myself from around a murderer. It never was about that murderer being a murderer. It was about that person feel, trying to make themselves feel better about themselves by calling that person a murderer. People are so pathetic, self-hating, self-loathing, and they got all this built-up hatred for themselves, and they just want to take it out on you. And it ain't got nothing to do with anything you did wrong. You ain't wrong. They never needed a reason for you to be wrong. They never needed something for you to be wrong about. But I don't know. It's interesting to me who people pick and choose who they feel like hating that day anyways. Like what out of out of this whole year of people, random people you could have chosen to hate, what what makes you choose me? Like what was so special about me? And I realize it's not even really about that. Because like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, when you just want to take out your energy or your hatred or your, you know, any of that out on anybody anyways, it don't really matter who it was or why. It, it's not because it's you today. It could be anybody and everybody all day, every day. But since everybody's gravitating towards you and nobody's being reprimanded, because of you, like the most most of the time, people want to take their anger out on a lot of different people, anyways. But they're afraid of consequences. So if nobody else is being, you know, nobody else has to deal with consequences, and you're the perfect person to take it out on and get away with it. And that's simply what it's about. It just ain't no consequences. It ain't cause you wrong. It ain't cause um. You special. It's just because ain't no consequences. They might as well put a sign up. Hey, come and make yourself feel better by taking your anger out on somebody else with no consequences. Then everybody just show up. That's all. Ain't never never had to have a reason. So why you waste your time? All this time looking for a reason to make me feel like I'm wrong. You never needed one. But regardless of anything, what do that matter, though? Because in the midst of everything, I'm realizing, like, for some reason, I still feel like I won. For some reason, I'm still winning no matter what. For some reason, because, you know... Even despite them, you know, being able to have the upper hand in whatever way, they don't have the upper hand. Let me take that back. Even despite all that they're doing, somehow I still win. Wow. How can all these people against one person and that person still be winning? Probably because everybody knows exactly what I know. That first of all, what make me so special? Second of all, you're a coward. 
everybody's a coward for participating. Anybody's a coward for participating. And most of the time, the person that everybody decides to go in on is the person who would otherwise would have not, who would have stood up or said something about doing that to somebody else. So they say, well, we're going to make it you. Because if you're going to say something about us all being wrong, even though we know we all wrong, you're the only person speaking up about it. We're going to say and do everything to you because we want, also, we want to set an example. But not no, but nobody never stand up to us when we wrong. You better just let us be wrong. And second of all, why are you right? What makes you want to be right? You know, you better than me. I feel like you better than me. So that's enough reason. That's so sad. You know what I heard earlier today? While I thought about just who the Lord showed me I was in the spirit, while I thought about it, I heard somebody say, stop trying to be better than everybody. And I remember thinking like, now you know you're wrong because you know I did not have to try and be better than you. I wasn't even trying. You know you're wrong. Talking about trying to be better than you when you know with nobody even thinking about you. That's sad and that's a mess. But I also realized that, you know, people going to do this when they got the, when they in a position to, when they got the room to be doing this, they going to be doing this. But you turn this right around and wait till all of this come right back on them. Wait till they got an answer for all they doing because... I don't know. I don't know why when people do stuff, they really, like, I don't, get, I don't get how you don't, after being in life, being on this earth for as long as you've been on this earth, not understand that you got to answer to everything you do. What goes around comes around. You reap what you sow. And it's just a matter of time before everything that you're doing fall right back on your own head. How can't you see that? I don't think some people think that far. Some people don't think about the stuff they do before they do it. And then other people, they just, you know, they just don't care. And that's bad because they always care whenever it come back around. By the time it come back around, that's by by the time they care. By that time they care. Nine times out of ten, it probably already then came back around. And that's why they're taking it out on you. Because, you know, you trigger. You're a trigger for them. You're a trigger for that. Like, my life is in shambles. When you come around doing everything I should have did to not be in this position... 
And I hate you for it. I hate you. Like, you ain't nothing but a reminder how wrong I am. I hate you. But, um, it don't matter because I realized another thing, like, I don't really know what's going to come about this situation and how it's going to work out or what's going to turn out. But I do know I'm going to be okay. I'm definitely going to be okay. Whether whoever it is in this situation feel like they won or not, they know they didn't. Like, first of all, at the orders back and forth, you've been lost. Because I couldn't even bring myself to do all this on in nobody's life. And if I ever did, I would have been known. It ain't no winning. Like, if I ever go this far to ruin somebody else's life, I already lost. And even if I ever feel like I won, I still lost. Because, see, what does that consist of? Like... If you ever put this much effort into making sure somebody else lose, how much time did you take a, you take away from seeing yourself win? And when you finally get around to realizing that, you you realize you actually still lost the whole time. All that time you lost, all that effort you lost, all that energy you lost, all of that, you know, I don't even know, all of that rationality that you lost, being irrational, all of that time wasted, like... All of that, I don't even know, like, all of that space, time, and energy that you wasted to try and ruin somebody else, you lost. Then you look back and you think about how that time could have been better spent, and you can't never get it back. Life is so short here. It ain't even no point. When I look at that situation, I look at my situation, I look at everything that's going on, I realize, okay, well, then if that's the case, since I know that, then that means I could just go on, live my life, whatever it is that they do, they're going to do regardless. Let them waste their life. One day they'll get it. And if not, then, you know, you, listen, that's their karma. Not karma, excuse me. Got to stop using karma. That's associated, I think, with Buddhism, which is, um... A demonic religion. It's false. Well, it's a false religion because it's worshiping false gods. But um, all I know is you will have reaped what you sown by the time all of that come back around. You will have reaped what you sown because, you know, I don't know. I can't waste no more time. My time is so short here. And I spent so much time trying to destroy somebody else's time. I wasted half my time here to destroy somebody else. And life already so short. Why would I cut my time in half and give that to somebody else? And they going to have daytime plus half mine? Mm-mm. But I'm also thinking, like, as far as me in my position, like, I can move forward and not care anything that they're doing and whether it make a difference or not. But, you know, it's not about that for me. I've been thought about that. If if that was the obvious, you know, solution, 
clearly I considered that. And if somebody's doing all of this and 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 then made up all of this and got all of this set up so that, you know, that somehow is made makes sense, then, you know, kudos. But in reality, I realized I'm on the right track. I'm doing the right thing. And I've been told on so many different circumstances by so many different people. You're right. You were right. You've been right. You're right. Yes, you're right. And this this is the right thing. You're doing the right thing. So I guess I just got to be patient and wait for everything to work out for me. And even though that might take fighting, you know, all of these different people for, for as ever long as it takes. Even though it might take that, you know, whatever, at least... You know, I'll be me at the end of the day. Yes, I spent this time fighting these people, but at the end of the day, I fought to be me. I didn't fight somebody to keep them from being them. Who wins in that situation? So, you know, we'll see what happens. I got to make sure that I'm focusing on what's more important and not focusing on fighting them. I can't focus on fighting them. I have to focus on fighting for me. So a lot of things that, you know, don't take the energy, a lot of things that don't take the time that don't need to be spent on fighting, I can let go. Because it's the the things that are most important that I should be using that time and energy for. They're trying to keep me fighting them all the time for every little small little stupid thing. So that I don't have time or energy to fight for what's most important. Which is my relationship with God. And me being a better me and me growing each and every single day. And I notice every single time I give God the glory. And I focus on him and his wonderful presence. I'm giving this extra boost and power. I can hear these demons screaming out like they getting pulled up off of me. Back up, back up, back up. Because like this off limits here. It's Holy Spirit. So I'm going to spend more time doing that. It, that's why they got to get me to attack God. That's why they got to get me to get out of God's presence. That's the only time they get any type of upper hand. Any other than that, they are slowly deteriorating. And it's only a matter of time. But whoo. Now I know why God chose me when I was 22 years old. Really since I've been 19. He's trying to get my glory years. All the years I'm the youngest, I'm the most agile, and I'm the, I got the most energy to fight all of this. And I can really be fighting somebody 24-7 like this because I can't imagine being 80 years old going through all this. But, you know, he got me when I'm like 20, my most, in my prime years, so I can fight with all I got. I'm doing the most damage in these years. Thank you, Lord Jesus, because I know that I could be using this energy towards something that's deteriorating my life rather than building it up for the better. So I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, that you have placed me in the position to be building my life up for the years to come as opposed to tearing them down. 
I am building a foundation right now, Lord Jesus. You have me using my best years, my best energy, and my best spirit to build a foundation for the years to come, Lord Jesus, because you have me set up. You have my life set up. You have a plan for me that's so abundant, that is so graceful, that's so gracious. Excuse me, Lord Jesus, and merciful in your sight and just, Lord Jesus, that I will win I am going to win. I'm walking into my win. I'm walking into my destiny. I am walking into everything you have for me. And you have me using the best of me in order to establish it. And I thank you, Father. Because while I use the best of me to establish my best, I will be living in my best. And I will always be my best in your sight, Father. And meanwhile, while I'm using my best to establish my best, there are people who are using their best to establish their worst, Lord Jesus. So I thank you for picking me out of the crowd, Father. And I thank you for choosing me and anointing me and giving me everything that you have for me and ensuring that I have it. Despite the different lies that the devil tell, Lord Jesus, the Lord rebuke him. Father, the Lord rebuked the devil. And I thank you. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. He just pulled something off me. I'm telling you, he's great. He's great. He's great. He's great because he's fighting over time. He fights over time for me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The peace, the love, the grace, and mercy. Oh, you have no idea. I love him. I love him. I love him. But, um, yes, God is so gracious, yes, loving, yes. And I want to take this time out because I want to pray for everybody who I've mentioned on this podcast, Lord Jesus. I want to take this time out to pray for Dope Island, Lord Jesus. I pray that you bless him, keep him at his best, walk him into his destiny and everything you have for him, Lord Jesus. And help him move forward, Lord God. I want to pray for Marcus Rogers, Lord Jesus. Keep blessing him abundantly. I want to thank you for choosing him and anointing him. I want to thank you for blessing the school. I want to thank you for blessing his channel. I want to thank you for touching and blessing each and every single last person he's able to reach, Lord Jesus, in your mighty name. I thank you, Father, because I know you have chosen him, Father. And I know that there are many great and abundant things that you are doing through him, will do through him, have planned for him. And Lord Jesus, I pray everything that you have for him prospers. Everything that's meant for him, he is receiving and anybody against him lord jesus i pray that they find you so that they cannot come against him so they can turn around and pray for him lord jesus pull them off of him and pull them in a the direction they need to be in lord god in your mighty name i pray Anybody who does not see him for who he is, Lord Jesus, I know you already work in the spirit just like you worked on me, Lord Jesus, but help them to see him how you see him, Lord Jesus. And I thank you for everyone you have been brought to sight. Lord Jesus, I also want to pray for Denzel. Lord Jesus, thank you for working through him. Thank you for anointing him. Thank you for choosing him. Thank you for helping him. Thank you for getting him. And helping him to reach me. Thank you for touching him, Lord God. And thank you for 
putting it on his heart to want to help me and give me that tough love and tell me the things I needed to hear in order to push me forward. And I thank you, Father. I pray that you help him accomplish everything he has set out to accomplish in you, Father. I pray that his destiny is set in stone in you, Father. I pray that he is anointed. Well, I thank you for his anointing. And I want to thank you for every single person he's able to reach for you and through you, Father. And I pray that everything prospers in your mighty name. And I'm thanking you for him and his family and peace and protection over him, his family, and everyone involved, everyone at all. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And Ontarius, I want to thank you, Father, for reaching him. I want to thank you, Father, for speaking through him. I want to thank you, Father, for making him an example and encouragement for your children, Father. I want to pray the same for Jalen and Ashley Wilson, Lord Jesus, for everything that they're doing and their channel helping me to reach Dontarius and be introduced to Dontarius. Lord Jesus, I want to pray for him and his wife, Jalen and Ashley Wilson and Dontarius and his wife and their, you know, excuse me, Father, and their message and their dream and their vision that was able to touch me, Father. I want to thank you for Shaq, Lord Jesus, because I know you're working on him, Father. I have felt this, Lord Jesus, and I thank you, Father. You are amazing. I can feel you working. I can feel you in the spirit moving in the manner that you should. Lord Jesus, you are amazing. Thank you, Father. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father, because we know we know that you are touching him. You are working in his life, and he is coming around. I can feel it in your mighty name, Lord Jesus. Let your power fall, Father. Let your power fall, Lord Jesus. We feel you. We feel your presence, and we love you. Thank you, Father, for the wonderful things you are doing in my life and in my family's lives, everyone who's coming around. Lord Jesus, I ask that you forgive me if I have ever misspoken. And Lord Jesus, help me to get through to anyone who may need you, Father. My neighbors, anyone around, anyone involved, Lord Jesus, help them, Lord Jesus. I know I've mentioned, you know, um, Kentrell's name a lot, his rap name, Lord Jesus, and be a young boy. And I pray that you help him, Lord Jesus, help bring him around as far as well as money. Yaya, Lord Jesus, I believe her name is Mayana. Lord Jesus, I pray that you bring her around as well as her father. Floyd, Lord Jesus, bring them around and help them. I know that they are closer than we may think, Lord Jesus, but bring them all the way, Lord Jesus. In your mighty name, I pray. Peace, peace and protection over them, everyone in their family, everyone around them, Lord Jesus. I know that you have the power, Lord Jesus, to bring them where they need to be, and you are working on them. I can feel it, Lord God, and I love you. Each and every single last one. Any person I may be overlooking, or my brother Ashton, my sister Zaya, my brother Osasis, my brother Zion, my mother Tracy, my father Derek. Each and every single last person, Lord Jesus, anybody I may be overlooking, Lord Jesus, if I ever spoke on them, Lord God, I pray that you anoint them, you protect them, Lord Jesus, in your mighty name. I know you are working wonders in each and every single last one of our lives, Father, and thank you for guiding us. Thank you for helping us out, and please, Lord Jesus, I ask that your your plans be established in us, Lord Jesus, your will be done in our lives, and thank you for the victory already won each and every single last one of our lives, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for Tabitha, 
Miss Tabitha Brown, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for her and her family, her her husband, her children, every single last one of them, their entire, everything they have going on, Lord God. I want to thank you for just everybody who I've been encountering. And Lord Jesus, the message that Denzel has gotten to me, Lord Jesus, I pray that, you know, it, it strengthens me. It builds me up. It helps me to keep fighting and keep going and that I take heed in the manner that I'm supposed to because I know you sent him, Lord Jesus. I sent, I sensed that he is an angel, Lord Jesus. I sensed that he is, he definitely had your spirit in him, Lord God, when he came to me and he talked to me and he spoke to me in a way that I needed to, and he pre- presented the message to me in the way that I needed to hear it and receive it, Lord Jesus. I pray that it manifests. Lord Jesus, your will be done. I pray, holy fire on any satanic altar against any one of your children, Lord God. Any one of us, Lord Jesus. I pray that any demonic entity or unclean spirit that has attached itself to any one of us, Lord Jesus, that it be inflamed all over its body with the Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, in your mighty name. I love you and I thank you, Father. You are amazing. You are wonderful. Forgive me, Lord Jesus, if I have misspoken on your name, Lord Father. Lord God, I love you. I know you know that I love you. I know you know who I am, God. I pray that this message reach whoever it is meant to reach in the proper manner, Lord Jesus. Bless this entire podcast and anything I've ever said, Lord Jesus. Please, Lord Jesus, anoint it and allow the message to be get to get across properly, Lord Jesus, and forgive me for anything I've spoken out of terms on. Thank you, Lord God, because I know you will bless this podcast. I know that this will reach the ears it's supposed to, it will reach the people it's supposed to, and it will offer the encouragement that I intended. And I thank you, Father, in your mighty name I pray, amen. Whew. Like, thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Father. 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 Thank you. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's listen. It's amazing. It's amazing because I know that I am fighting so much in a spirit at all times. But when I'm introduced to new people, more people in the spirit on YouTube and in this world, you know, and I'm introduced to them and their messages and they touch me. Like, for example, um, I am Dantarius on youtube he has music i listen to i don't remember listening to i think i remember listening to one of his songs maybe i've been meaning to go back and listen to his music though but um i listened to a couple of his prophetic messages i listened to the message that Jalen um and ashley wilson on it on youtube referred me to about Shaq. And it's amazing that they said that about Shaq. And immediately I feel like the Lord helped me to reach Shaq. And when I, you know, reached Shaq, um, 
I feel that Shaq was um receptive. Absolutely receptive. And I don't know how many people he may have heard it from. Or I don't know if they have the same access to him. But it feels that maybe I have a supernatural access. Where I am accepted in certain rooms for certain, with certain people I didn't want to say that. I don't want to make it seem like nobody, you know, God is like, God is, he's our father. So, you know, you say something and they're like, how come I can't do that? Now he got to do it for everybody. But, you know, I bless you. I want you to have that same access. But I feel like, you know, the Lord has placed me with the ability to reach certain people. He's given me the ability to reach certain people in certain have certain access and I use it I use this access you know um not sparingly but definitely with um I definitely use this access to I'm doing the right thing I'm trying my best I, I don't use it for selfish reasons I cannot idolize these people or specifically I cannot you know use it to glorify myself only to glorify God so um I accessed him I were at least I spoke to him I don't know what I did all I know is he was receptive to the message of God Lord Jesus thank you father because I didn't even ask you know but it's I guess I did at the same time but all I know is I was talking about my forgiveness I was talking about forgiveness and how I learned about it and he listened so that's amazing how God will, you know, use people to get through to you and somehow get around to getting to people. And, you know, I think Shaq is an, an amazing person. You know, they said that um, Shaq felt like, you know, God should be blessed to meet him. And somehow I received that message as well, like at least uh couple of weeks to a month ago I, I felt that I had remembered it it was a little bit of a remnant of it and I thought to myself I don't know that for sure because a lot of times the devil's lying to me so I'm thinking to myself you know is this really happening and it really was and I remembered it and um um all I know is he's a great person and things have changed since then he really is a great person he's wow you know I don't want that, those messages about him to, you know, somehow distort people's view of him. He's a great person. He really is genuine. And I feel like that should be, that goes without saying because, you know, the Lord is seeking him out because he's a great person, regardless, you know. And a lot of times, I also talked about this in the previous episode, um, just because you are. If you are a good person and you were a good person and you and you lived on honest terms, whether you accepted the Lord as your savior or not, you may still make it into heaven. Little do you know. Now, I'm not saying if you, you know, blatantly reject him, you will. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that there's some people who are living their life on terms that the Lord approves of. And if they ever, you know, if it ever comes down to it, they will they may have made it too. That being said, I feel that if you are acceptable to the Lord, he will present himself to you. And if you don't accept him and you don't receive him, that right there, you may you may have disqualified yourself. But um, 
that being said, you know, the Bible even talks about how people who are, and I can't quote the scripture right now, but I just noticed there, forgive me, Lord, but people who are good people and live their life on honest terms, they, you know, will be accepted. Like, Jesus is the only way, the, true and the, the truth in a life, but if you haven't deliberately rejected him and you're a good person, you may make it. And that's a great thing. But um, I know everything isn't, you know, everything doesn't make sense to Shaq, but he's coming around. Because as far as honesty, forgiveness, and the good parts, I don't want to speak too much on it. I don't know all that much. All I know is he agrees with certain things. So, um, other than that, though, you know, it's a lot of different, you know, people who the Lord has used to reach me. For as far as everybody, I noticed that I can't, I can't specifically identify people's talents in the spirit. That's some, that's a gift that, you know, God has given someone else, but I can almost see it a little bit. Like I can, I kind of almost know who you are though, just a little bit. Like as far as Dante is, from what I can see, that's why I said I don't automatically identify them. But from what I can see with Dante is like, he is, you know, somebody who God has placed, you know, the spirit on to glorify him. Like, we're all supposed to be glorifying God, but I can I sense this. This is what I sense about Ontarius. He, you know, God revealed himself to him, and now he has such a hunger and thirst for glorifying God. And it's, it's beautiful. It really is beautiful, and it's encouraging because you can feel the spirit. Like, I love to see that in young people. I really do. Because... We should not be overlooked because we're supposed to be immature. And it's so beautiful to see that maturity. I see the same thing in Jalen. Like, that's probably what they have in common. The Lord has revealed to him such a knowledge and he has such a thirst and a hunger for it now. You can see him excited and enthusiastic about it. And it's amazing. I love to see that sense of maturity in each and every single last one of us. I love it. Um, I think that it's, it's very, I think that maybe I do, I may have some sort of, you know, I may a little bit like slightly have a little bit of a, you know, I like a dated, some type of dated idea where young people aren't able to glorify God correctly or young people aren't, you know, knowledgeable about God or aren't carrying the spirit of God correctly because we know that David was given the spirit of God at a very young age he was given the anointing at a very young age so was Saul I believe but um also um was it Samuel Samuel was told his purpose at a very young age it is so many different prophets in the Bible at a very young age that were given the, you know, spirit of God. So 
and giving the knowledge, etc. But it's just amazing to see it because I know the, the reaction I usually get is like, you're young. You should be out enjoying your life. You should be out, you know, embracing, you know, your this is the age to make mistakes. Go make mistakes. Be free. You're going to regret it later. And it's like, just because I'm young doesn't mean I can't have, I can't be headed where I'm already going to go anyways. Like, just because I'm young doesn't mean I can't embrace doing the right thing and the righteousness in God. I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. And plus, on top of that, when I think back on all the years I spent, you know, doing all that stuff anyways, I've had my time. That's one thing me and God talked about. God said to me, you know... Not that he's encouraging me to go do whatever it is I feel like doing, but just like, you know, are you sure that, you know, you're, well, I said to God, I had my time. I've had enough of that. I'm ready to come out of that into where I need to be. And God is like, okay, are you sure? And I am. I'm very sure. So, um... I, I still feel like talking about a little bit about a few of these things that I have noticed and realized. And so I'm going to talk about it in the next episode. So stay tuned.